I love at the end of the third one, after he's had his head cut open and his brain just like... Ugh. At the beginning of, I think it was six... Where the two people like have to like give a pound of flesh or yeah. so in order to like, escape the trap, which that fucking girl ends up cheating because she drops her bone in there. Yeah, she dro- <laughs> and this other woman who's just like cutting into her arm and just like whacking away, just like whacking it, whacking it, whacking it. <laughs> it's, it's just he accidentally like takes like a Viagra or something. It'd be just so hilarious. Just this, starts slowly this, rising this, up this, from the this torso. This dead corpse has a raging bone. <laughs> I mean, Saw you, that riddle, asshole. It's called angel lust. It's the real thing, actually. Angel <laughs> lust. No, I think I'm dead serious. I, it's the rules.
Hey there, everybody. Welcome into episode 37 of Film Tank. Wow. Seven. I leave for... Oh, who's that? Uh, Who the fuck is that? Is that you, Kenny? We should have had like a knocking sound. Oh, God. Hello. Hello in there. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm Kenny's back. back. Whoa. This is just like a Saw movie because that's, that's the biggest twist of them all is that we, we brought... we. Uh, brought back one of the fan favorite characters of the of Film Tank franchise. Well, he, didn't, he didn't get killed off in the previous episode. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, all the voices you hear are, are the usual folks, including uh, Kenny Marcellus, who makes his triumphant return hey, hey. to Film Tank. Also, Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, and myself, Alex Diegman. And yes, if you haven't gathered uh, that yet, today we're talking about the Saw franchise. Is this a game show? What? That was the Saw no, game. I know, but it sounds like the like opening to like the match game or something. <laughs> okay. I had that song stuck in my head all day. Yeah, I bet. all day. Yeah. It's probably a... other than Billy the Puppet, it's probably the best part of the entire franchise. So. Is Billy the Puppet one of the best? <laughs> Yes, he is. There's it, nothing that puppet can't do. It, it freaks the hell out of me. Can't do anything. Like ser- no, seriously. Like at one point, a character picks him up, and then he just starts doing that giggle laugh. And I'm like, like check him for batteries or something, because that just should not be uh, <laughs> yeah. possible. But Doesn't I mean, his head explode at some point? Yeah, his head yeah. explodes at one point. He rides a, a he rides a bike in another movie. Like <laughs> he's he's so goddamn versatile. It's like a tickle me Elmo. Yes. Yeah. Remember, they used to just say random shit, and you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Or like Furbies. Tickle Furby. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Somehow he's like a uh, audio animatronic too, because in the uh, sixth film, he actually uh, talks oh, yeah. along with the dialogue. His eyes move and shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think at that point, uh, the, the doll was becoming sentient, and it was actually getting the ability to talk. <laughs> its soul was just screaming out, "Get me out of this fucking franchise!" Yeah. Would actually it would have been awesome if in the seventh film it's revealed that it's not Doctor Gordon, then in fact. It is Billy the Puppet who's been the perpetrator of <laughs> the entire We just literally see him like walk down the hallway. That would be great. God. Oh, boy. Missed yeah. opportunities. Yeah. I know. Well, the series had plenty of them. Maybe so. in eighth film. There might be another film. Shut one, the fuck up. One of the, I'm just... That's rude. I wish, uh, I wish Nick but, was kidding, but he... he no, yeah, I was going to say that there, there is a... Because originally there was going to be one immediately after seven uh, when they were still in production of it, but then they were like, "No, let's not do it yet because we're losing money on each film." Good, but uh, that doesn't mean that they're not going to try to revive it at some point and like do a whole new uh, story. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that they weren't necessarily losing money; they just were not making right, not as losing. much money and as I they were before. I remember that always being the talk back then was they're just going to keep doing them as long as they're making money, right? And then yeah, they stopped making. Money. They just, well, money, I so. think that was the thing. They wanted to make sure they ended where like their books were still coming out ahead. That way they didn't look like they were a failed franchise. No. I mean... God what? forbid they look like a failed franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I know Saw 3D, the, 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 the title of the seventh film. Saw 3D. I know, but that's that's the title, man. I know. Um, the final chapter. Was uh, the one, it had one of the big, not the biggest, one of the smallest like openings of any Saw film. So that's when they were like, nope, we're done. Well, I think 6 is the one that really pushed them to end the series, because that did very poorly at the theaters, as the fifth one also did not do well. I think the... Seventh film did okay at the box did office. Did okay because they knew that obviously some people were going to return if you call it the final chapter. Right. But it should have been much more than I think they were anticipating. The old Rolling Stones plan. Just call it the final one and then keep coming back to the well. <laughs> oh, God. 
It's our sixth final tour. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Uh, so uh, I think we should start off by each of us kind of talking about our feelings on the Saw franchise. Our feelings. Because that's something we share feelings. on the show. Um, and then we'll talk about each individual film uh, as a group after that. So I know Nick is uh, really wanting to talk about the Saw franchise. And he usually starts. So why don't we let him start off oh. and, and give his... His thoughts on the Saw franchise as a whole. I will be happy to do that. I um, thought you would be. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. This is one of the weirdest conversations we'll ever have because... <laughs> wow. No, because up. I just, in general, like, especially if anybody's listened to this or you guys obviously have talked to me, like, the Saw movies are not films that I should like <laughs> by any means. Um, but maybe there's there's two reasons why. And one reason is very simple, which is I watched them first when I was, like, in high school. Well, not high school, middle school, you know, so... Mm. You know, it caught me right at that, like, uh, prepubescent... Uh, Impressionable age. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. So, you know, it made an impression on me, uh, even if I didn't really like horror movies, but they're not scary, so that's why I was able to watch them, because gore doesn't really do anything uh, to me as far as, like, I don't get grossed out, really, by gore or whatever. So, because I caught them at a young age, there's part of it as a nostalgia factor, as, um, just I remember, like, waiting Halloween, you know, for a new one and whatnot. But the other thing is, and this is the big thing, it's, it's not so much that I think that these are good films, although maybe I would make that case for a few, uh, but as someone who loves TV... <laughs> I just I've never seen a film franchise tackle its ongoing narrative and continuity in the same manner that like a serialized drama on TV does, which is what Saul tries to do once the original trilogy is kind of complete because mm -hmm. they realized that they had like no more story to tell. So they had to like somehow like fill in the blanks of the story they already told. So like the more convoluted it got, I feel like the worse the films got, but the more fascinated I became <laughs> by these films in general. So it's like that's that's what keep, kept me holding on. Is like the early films I liked because I think they're you know decent thrillers or whatever. And then even when it got bad, it still it's it got weirdly fascinating in a way that I just I, I just I've never seen a. Uh, another film franchise that is this convoluted and tied together by saying like it does it well or it does it like you know like that that means that it, they're good movies but it's like, like I can only get this fix from this particular uh, movies and I just love picking it apart. Well, and another thing about the later Saw films that I always I always come back to is that I feel like they did a good job of like masking. Uh, certain games within other games, which is, or traps within other traps, and it got like really out of control toward in the last four films, uh, and even the fifth film, which is pretty much universally thought of as the worst, and I'm sure some people have that opinion on this uh, episode. But the way it ends with Agent Strom thinking that um, Hoffman in the in the uh, the box with all the glass, and he he's in there already, but really that box in that glass is to save him from the fucking. The Star wall. Wars yeah. wall closing and Chewie, three yeah. <laughs> PO. Oh no, three 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 PO. Three PO. That's, yeah. that's who he's. Shut down for. the trash compactor. That's how you know I'm, I'm not a Star Wars uh, fan. <laughs> but the, you get Strom then getting crushed at the end of it, and that's the end of the film. And yeah, yeah that's it, it, it gets so ridiculous. It and, does, yeah. and yet it also, and I won't get into too many specifics yet. But that's the other thing that. Like even like I said, the worse the films get, the more it's, it's like it's trying, which is like also what keeps me hanging on because like it 
I just think it's hilarious how this franchise continually retcons some of the biggest problems with some of the earlier movies. So, like, when, when yeah, like, towards, like, the second and even the third movie when certain traps start to seem ridiculous, they actually go through the lengths and films four through seven to explain that there's a reason why they get ridiculous. Now, you might not accept that reason, but the fact that, I guess, that the film never rested and just continued on for the fun of it, like, at least it tried to do damage control with, like, all the pre-existing stories that have been told, so... So, yeah, I'm just... It's like, it's, when it's good, I think it's fun, and when it's bad, I, I think it's weirdly fascinating, unlike any other uh, film franchise I've ever seen. So, mm. that that's... Those are my general thoughts. Okay, what about you, Tucson? I know you have kind of a weird relationship with the Saw series. Yeah, yeah, I do. An abusive um, one. The first time... The first film that I saw of the Saw franchise yeah, was... Saw. Saw. <laughs> I... Saw 2. Saw Saw 2. God damn it. Um, went back, Saw Saw 1, and then I saw Saw 3, and then I stopped because Jigsaw's dead, and I don't want to see any more shit. I thought it was stupid. I thought that the initial core idea of the first film, which felt like, felt like such a stripped-down, like, utilitarian horror film, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the tension of, uh, what is his name, Dr. Hoffman. Not Dr. Hoffman. Dr. Gordon. Dr. Gordon and the other guy that were trapped inside of this grimy... Adam. Adam. Inside this grimy, grungy, old, um, like, bathroom while everybody's else trying to, like, solve the case. Oh, yeah. By the way, what's the name of the detective who's trying to, like, find... Uh, uh, Tap? Dr. Tap, yeah. What's Dr. The Dr. Tap? Detective, Detective Tap. Detective Tap, yeah. What's the name of his actor? Danny Glover. Danny Glover. I was like, well, we got a stew going over here. Um, that's the, that's, that's the not most... the same guy. Oh, my God. What? You're racist, man. You trying. really are racist. I thought that was you him. You think all black people he are He looked exactly Carl like Carl Weathers him. and Donald Glover. Oh, or, I mean, Danny Glover. Fuck you. Are, are, are not the same black person. Oh you my thought God. he was Carl Weathers? Yeah. That's what like he thought. Apollo yeah. Creed? Yeah. That's, that's what he yeah. I thought that was him. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. You are incorrect. Shut up. You might as well have thought it was the guy who played Lando Calrissian. I mean, come on, man. No, that's not him. That's not I, I Billy, know. Billy this D. Is, Williams. This, this is the joke I'm playing. Okay. It, just continue on. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we so, get it. You're racist. No. <laughs> I thought that the core idea of the Saw trilogy was interesting, not only for the fact that you like saw these really gory and very shocking like deaths, but also just because of the methodology and the philosophy of jigsaw and that you know i'm really not at fault because i'm just kidnapping and putting people in these i despise murderers in 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 fucked up situations but i'm not murdering them i'm letting their own will to survive like decide whether or not they survive or not the greatest thing about that is even the detectives by that narrative they're like well technically he's never killed anybody it's like wait then why are you even chasing him exactly this is fucking stupid (laughs) but like you know it's at least something that you can able to like ponder and like roll around in your mind before coming to the inevitable conclusion like no this is guy's crazy fuck and you need to take him down but as the 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 franchise like rolls on through four and five, six and seven, that entire like philosophy just unravel itself and just crawls up its own ass. And it's just so stupid and it's so contrived and dumb. And I just, I just, I don't know why this franchise existed for as long as it did money. And I'm so glad that it doesn't like exist now in this moment, at least I'm, I'm glad that I think the most validating thing for me for not having watched the, uh, the four last films is last uh, October when we watched them all for the first time that you were able to get it on Blu-ray, the entire collection for less than $20. (laughs) That validates me so much. Fuck these films. 
So, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to you, Kenny. Okay. <laughs> um, I also have a kind of a strange feel for these movies. I mean, they're... In some ways, they're some of my favorite horror movies, but in some ways... They're everything you hate about right. horror movies. Well, and that can absolutely be summed up by the fact that as much as I claim to love the Saw franchise, I've only seen through five. Like, I haven't seen six and seven. I'm so sorry. Five I haven't even bothered. And that's why I feel... I mean, I've been told six is a pretty solid one. It's at least much better than four and five. <laughs> yeah. It's better than five. <laughs> Well, five is so fucking horrific that I just can't get past it. Like, you mean it's I, so scary? No, it's not. No, it's it's mind-boggling, boring. If you if it, you it, think five is a bad film, I, I would be interested to see what your feelings are about the seventh film. Well, the seventh <laughs> the seventh film is fucking out of control, ridiculous. Isn't As the seventh say. one like all outside in the daylight or something? No, uh, it's no. not. That's it's, just the opening. Oh, okay. It's no. just obnoxious. There's a there's a very, very well, public trap, but that's after that. It's back to the old saw antics. You know, one and three <laughs> old saw antics. One and three were were such a. I love one and one, two and three. The the first three I, I felt like were pretty tight. I, I liked a lot of things that I enjoy in movies. I, I love when callbacks happen to, to original oh, yeah. movies and stuff like that. And they the the first three did such a good job tying themselves together. Um and and another thing I love about horror movies, I like the more gruesome, the more gory. Like I'm into that shit. I don't know why. It's it's weird, but I I just I am. And and the more twisted creative ways that they came up with these people trying to get out of themselves being killed it just like it it was always the more i would squirm in my seat watching these 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 kill scenes like the more intrigued i was by it and and one through three did an awesome job of that yeah it wasn't until four that i found myself watching realizing like oh now they're just you know they're 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 really pulling for anything now and what was your favorite part of four i you know what my favorite part I was? really enjoyed I I enjoyed the, the, the kill shot at the end when, yeah. he, when yeah. his head smashed. If, if with there the ice is clocks. any answer to that that isn't Donnie Wahlberg's head getting right. smashed by two huge ice cubes Money then, shot. Yeah. That uh, is well, the actually, incorrect answer. There is an answer. Well that's it's not right then. Oh well we'll have that discussion when we get to Saw Four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My problem my problem <laughs> with four and five became like those movies very clearly were not a part of the original three no, they who what's the names that already left? I mean, the uh, James Wan and Lay Lay went all Lay went all because um, he fucked I, off like after like a film or so, right? Because they wrote all three, right? The first three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that's why the first three do have a kind of unity to them, well, that, like the the other four. And by by the time four came around, and and definitely with five, like they became more of like detective movies, and they were just boring kind of. as shit. They were just more mystery than anything, and it just yeah. it took all the suspense out of it. Um, at least the first three had had moments that had you know a couple of jump scares even here and there like with with the little clown thing coming out of the dark and and scaring the people before they were kidnapped or whatever that the pig crazy pig thing yeah, was yeah, yeah. even the pig so, has a backstory <laughs> true so I really 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 enjoyed one two and three probably two the most to be honest 
Um, but four started losing me. Five totally lost me. Like I've tried to watch five a couple times, and it's never gotten me to the point where I felt like I needed to move on with the series. So. Correction. Um, Leigh Winnell actually left along with James Wan after the third one, so none of the original people that were actually part That's of it. That's what I was yeah, thinking, left. yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, one, two, three um, involved a lot of things that I just love about horror movies. A couple of jump scares, a, a, a decent storyline. I mean, although there are definitely holes in it, like it it was a fucked up, twisted way of, of trying to get a good message across, which I always thought was interesting. Live your life. Trying to, trying to make you at least appreciate life a little bit, but just a really fucked up, weird way of doing it. But... I guess. I mean, that's like uh, I said. There's the philosophy of Saw or Jigsaw specifically. That I think it depends how you read the films. You either read them as like that's the message, or like I guess the only way that these films are tolerable for me as a as like I can watch it and be okay with myself morally is if I like basically view Jigsaw as a psychopath and I actually think that everything he says is bullshit and he's just reacting because of his BX backstory, uh, so to speak. Um, because yeah. I think we see that as they get later in the films where he's like trying to explain it to people and you're just like, huh? Not yeah, a- and I think that's why I even like those films, even if I think they're bad movies as far as like how they're made or whatever. It's because at least the film started to acknowledge that the original message was not as airtight and they once believed it. Literally, there's a scene in, I want to say, I don't know, I think it might be three or something, but, yeah. um, where like he's got so far up the deep end when it comes to like making those videos for people and he's like, he's going to punish people for like the silliest things in the world. Like when he punishes somebody for going to prison too many times, like you're saying you're punishing somebody for getting punishment every time he commits a crime. Like what is the point of, you know, doing that? Because he keeps on, just keeps on fucking up. Well, the, the, fucking up. the issue is, you watch the films as they go on too is that a lot of his a lot of i mean his games for the most part are just revenge plots too i mean that's the thing like him saying oh i want people to be have a better appreciation for their lives whenever but really actually i just want to get back at them because they fucked me over and i was still alive well there was a point and i think it was five maybe where the the one detective uh is that the one where he's kidnapped like in his house but then he's like no detective rig the black guy? Not rigged. Okay, because I was going to say, that's four when, yeah. he, when he goes through his game. Oh, maybe it was. Well, a lot of detectives get kidnapped across this Detective uh, Hoffman is kidnapped in the okay, fourth it was four. film. It was, it was four. And then it is revealed at the end that he is, in fact, the Well, there killer. was a point where, like, so I'm sitting there. Him? He kidnaps himself. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, I, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Films. Or he's kidnapped These by the uh, the guy who's watching them. I don't remember his name. The guy who has his uh, is, he, is he the one who has his uh, his, mouth, his like, mouth sewn shut at the beginning? I think so. Yeah. He kidnaps him, even though he set himself up to be kidnapped. That yeah. trap was such bullshit for the guy who had his fucking eyes like sewn shut. How the fuck was he supposed to do anything? How the fuck was he supposed to read that note? If he ripped his eyes open, <laughs> he, he wouldn't to, be able to... He, he had to work together. That's, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. There wasn't even a fucking note or a fucking tape recorder to tell him what the fuck they're doing. There's there was like, a video. There's I a thought. blind I thought dude. There was, I thought there's there was no a, video. He can't fucking watch it. I thought there was okay, a tape recorder. There's another person in the room. I'm not saying, like, I, I don't want to defend this too much, but, like, the, the, he wasn't the only person in the room. The idea it was... It was a teamwork thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you How remember that, right? the fuck are they supposed to know that? You're, because they're supposed to work. Yeah, like, I don't... I can't hear guy. you. I just can't. Okay. Right. Like, I, I, I just don't understand how you're not, like, seeing as far as, like, what the intended, like... 
maybe I'm not seeing what he wanted me to see or feel what he wanted me to feel. I'm always saying that because what you're I'm pointing out the films is now. Well, I'm just saying what you're pointing out is what's wrong with like every trap. It's like how are you right. really supposed to do any of it? Like you know, right. but like specifically, get, at least they laid out what the fucking rules were. Well, okay, come on now. At least they laid out the rules were that she had to go into that guy's stomach while he's still alive and get the key out so she could take the reverse bear trap off her face. Well, or at least like, she had the rules. She didn't know what the at least fucking that rule guy, was. At least she that did, guy though. knew how, or like, at least that guy knew he had to like, take the scalpel to his eye just to get to a key. <laughs> and, you know, he had it made in the shade, brother. <laughs> well, Do you not see what I'm saying right Hulk now? Hogan I, I, over I, I, there? Made in the shade, brother. <laughs> well, one of you guys made the point, and I don't, I don't remember who said it, but... To your point of it just got more and more ridiculous yeah. what he was punishing these people for. Like there was a point where I'm sitting there watching it must have been the fourth one with Rig where my wife was like, Wait, he's being punished for caring about saving yes. people too much? That's, like, that's definitely something I'm gonna go on at, at length uh, about software that is the most laughable uh, <laughs> game ever because he's like, I'm going to basically punish you because you're too good of a person. Yeah, like yeah. he's he's obsessed with saving the people, so <laughs> yeah. like he's being punished. Like <laughs> to be fair, that's not actually set up by the original Jigsaw, but by the asshole sociopath. Right. Correct, which we'll get more yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah. Or even yeah. Saw Three when Detective Carrie gets her video, hers says. Uh, you feel more for corpses than you do human beings because you don't like you give too much to your job, and it's like, oh yeah, so let's just fucking rip her rib cage apart. Well, that being that said, was though, also that was an awesome by... kill scene. That was awesome. <laughs> that, that was also created by somebody that was not Jigsaw. I know that was that was yes, that was Amanda. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. So that's the thing is the film definitely I say sticks uh, to its rules. Crazy sort of ret- retcons all of this to like somehow make some sort of sense. I just but, I remember always liking the fact that these came out every year around Halloween and it was kind of cool but it started getting and this is the point where I realized I needed to step away and mm-hmm. stop watching them was I remember sitting in the theater watching the fifth one and the the first time he said like the first time somebody got their tape recorder tape recorder and is like I want to play a game I'm like of course you want to fucking play it. Like it just it gets so goddamn predictable. I was just like, this you is it's just fucking games. Not, yeah. to, not to mention that they keep finding these things. Like, well, Jigsaw had another set of tape recorders left with his lawyer after he died. I'm like, oh, of course he did. Why oh my you, god, convenient. Why don't you confiscate the, those? The, <laughs> why don't you like take them? Why, why don't you take them into police? Oh, he evidence? has this. He has this gotta box. be only one person in like all of Toronto or wherever they're filming this. Who it's actually Detroit. Like, Detroit that's buying like tape recorders anymore. Like it should not be that hard to find this guy and i like too that he's got this box he's he's widowing away that has all these tapes and all these these individual packets with numbers and photos of them and they're like well this couldn't possibly be anything and i I love at the end of the third one after he's had his head cut open and his brain just like just just cut open with a with with a table saw yeah and then and then his 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 throat gets slashed and as he's laying there bleeding out just just dying in front of everybody he he still has the. He's got one more. He pulls the recorder out and pushes play. Pulls it out of his ass. He's like, "One more for you, bitches." <laughs> yeah, that's. He's uh, got the wherewithal to pull this shit out of his pocket. The only thing I was. The only thing I was saying is that I'm glad that at least the franchise spared us the cliche, the cliche of like nobody knowing who he was, like his identity. Yeah. So like it was ridiculous because they can't find him. But at least they're not like, who could this be? Yeah, until. And- Hoffman to go Here's back. And, and they never had like him like come back to life or some bullshit. Like, yes. oh, he wasn't really dead. Yeah, yeah he was fucking dead. All right, he, he's dead. There's one more thing that I, I don't like about the longevity of this uh, this franchise is that in the further episodes after the initial trilogy, we 
people know who who Jigsaw is, and then suddenly there's like this public discourse about whether or not he was like in the right or in the wrong. Like I think in, in that actually sounds realistic. No, though. in four, like, like there's actually like a like a. Like a magazine cover that shows him on like top ten sociopaths or whatever. Times and man of he, the year. He is on the fucking like like uh like automotive journal or whatever. Like this guy with, with like this book cover like photo. It's just like he's being honored for his mechanical prowess. He's so an like, architectural digest. Like, yes, him, that shit. Him standing in front of his warehouse. Like, well, here is where I installed the bear trap. Yeah. Yeah, God, it's so well, fucking but stupid. no, that arch- <laughs> like the what you're talking about wasn't that prior to him starting the games because he actually was like a yeah, genius engineer in real life, right? And he, that was the whole point. And I, I know this goes into the fifth film, I believe, but he is going to be starting this, uh, starting this. Uh, maybe it's the fourth film. God, I get him confused. He's doing all something time. with a factory or yes, some shit. He, he's starting a factory and the then Gideon it falls factory. through. Yes. Yes. Oh, he was starting uh, a factory in order to build parts in order to build houses for lower income families. That's exactly what it was. He, t- he cares, you guys. Yeah. He's, he's just giving back. Uh, that's the start of the fifth one. The fourth one, he was being cut open by the. Uh, um, yeah, by the, by the coroner. By the coroner. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember that. And at that point, even like this, this, this franchise has gone so out of control. I'm half sitting there expecting him to like do something <laughs> as he's slayed open. Ah! Yeah. And then they find they cut his stomach open and find the tape that he ate in the, in the end of the last one. I was gonna say at least they showed you showed him eating it. I mean, it's, they did. Those they did. films are thorough. It's fucking stupid. So yeah, uh, what are your general thoughts? Really quick, give my general thoughts. Um, <laughs> I uh, I jumped on a little bit late with this series uh, when it was during its actual theatrical run, um, and I, I did not see uh, any of the films up until number six was the first one I saw in the theater. But I had seen all five then previous to that uh, afterwards. I kind of like watched them one after another uh, in, earlier in that year before the sixth one came out, and I saw the sixth and then the seventh in the theater. And yeah, it's just this series, for some reason, I am not a fan of horror films, and I, I really don't like gory films either. But... Because of this series in particular? or No, no, just in general, I, I usually don't, which okay. is why it's weird that I, for some reason, gravitated sort of the series, because this is not my <laughs> bag at all. But I, I, I guess I feel like there are just a lot of different elements at play here throughout the series that, for some reason, just... Um, make me want to watch the movies and I, I don't really know why that is I, I i know the the idea of the like surprise twist ending is always something that will always if it's done somewhat well will interest me because i love surprise slash twist endings where if you like that the series has all kinds of that for you it will probably spoil every single one by the end of this well, episode if you haven't seen them though there's been ample time for you to see this you've already been spoiled well yeah but it, still i feel like Although the surprise of the first film is obviously like really what gave the series its its you know people remembering it, it was the surprise of the, the first film. It's the twist in the second film that really made me appreciate the filmmakers, and because there was so much involved with the twist and the idea that the kid was actually in the room with them the entire time, I just thought was just amazing. The and killer. I, no, the kid. Yeah, the kid. In the safe. The, the yeah. kid who they're chasing oh, after yeah. the entire time is actually in the room with them while they're like pre-recorded talk- tape footage. Right. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And I just thought that was so so fucking clever for some reason. And I was I just it was clever. Ate it up. It was yeah. a, it was a good twist. I was gonna say there. I don't want to take entirely away. Like the franchise does, it does some things well. Like it does have some things about it that there's a reason it's as popular as it was. Like 
It's it's got some smartly written parts to it. It made with, people with some... feel smart when they're in the theater and watching it. <laughs> because oh no, the Charlie Closer thing came out. Oh, this is the part where they put everything together. <laughs> Fuck that. I, I'm I'm of the opinion that Saw Two is the only one that actually like meaningfully built on the formula of the original, and that's actually like my favorite of the, really? the Saw things. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. But when when it comes to everything after Saw Three, um, for the most part, four, five, and seven, I could care less for. Even though there are some um, games slash um, traps in them that I, I like, because that's really what it boils down to is this series other than the storyline that's going along with it is just a series of these traps games that you're following along with. Um, I, I do really genuinely like the sixth film. I think it's um, an entertaining film and I, I think it's the only one of the final four that is really any good. Um, that being said though, um, I, I, for, I don't know why, but every time I think about the series, I just love that they decided to go with Costas Mandalore <laughs> as the main character in the last four films. He is such a bad actor. It is laughable that this guy is helming a series that made over $100 million at the box office for most of its films. They just needed to find some Blake-faced stupid asshole. But yeah, but the acting... For real, though. I, I know it doesn't really matter. But no, I'm just saying, no, not doesn't matter, but the acting's been bad since the well, very first moment. This is the, true. The, the first one well, has historically... Very yeah. Historically bad acting in the first one. Oh, you haven't you haven't you haven't watched the seventh film, have you? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah. That's bad acting, but like the first film, it, the acting matters a little more, so it's even more noticeable when you have like first of all, when you have Lee Winnell, uh insisting that he be Adam simply because he quote unquote wants all the good lines, even though he can't act for shit. Yeah, um, and then you also have Kerry Eels giving a horrible performance. Oh, why you didn't love him because you know he was <laughs> killing it in um, liar what? liar. Well, Liar Liar, uh, Days of Thunder, Robin Hood, Robin Hood Men in Tights. I mean, he had such a good uh, history. Well, I mean, he's been in some beloved things like The Princess Bride and yeah. whatnot. But, uh, was he? Who was he in Days of Thunder? Was he? Oh, Russ Wheeler. Russ Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> he's nice. just. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's just the pro- that, that's the problem. Well, I'll get into that with the first film. Yeah. I want to ask one general question before we go into okay. film by film. I'm just curious because I don't know if it's just me, but since. At least all of us have watched a few of them, uh, or rewatched a few of them. I should say before this episode, mm-hmm. do do the traps and the violence in this movie seem almost comical? Like, yeah, like compared to what it. Because I remember when I first watched it, and I don't think it was just me being like younger, but like there's something about when I used to watch them, I used to be like almost afraid to watch them because they looked so violent, or whatever. And then like today, not today, but this you know today's world, I rewatch them, and I don't know if it's I've seen more violent things since then, but these. Like, the violence in these movies seem almost ridiculous to the point where I can't believe I ever thought that this was really ever... I, st- I think, I think the most for the most part, especially through the first three, they, they still hold up. Like, okay, that's like what I, I was just I curious for I, you guys. Because I just watched all th- the first one, two, and three on Monday all back to back to back. And, like, I literally was thinking as I was sitting there on my couch, I'd watch some of these scenes and the suspense in them was, you know, it definitely... Gave me a reaction. The, okay. It wasn't until four and five that they just got stupid. The like, longer this franchise went on, the more farcical and far-fetched the the traps and the games and the violence became. I remember, like at the beginning of, I think it was six, where like the two people like have to like 
give a pound of flesh or yeah. so in order to like like escape the trap. Which that fucking girl ends up cheating because she drops her bone in there. Yeah, she drops. <laughs> oh, flesh. I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about this old this fat guy literally like cutting into his side and just looks like he's he's in the grips of euphoria while he's doing it. And this other woman who's just like cutting into her arm and just like whacking away, just like whacking it, whacking it, whacking it. It's, it's just. It, it's 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 it is it's fucking comical. It looks just it's just like that. Wait, this is the sixth film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It, it, the, the the beginning scene is the worst part of the sixth film for me. It's great. Um I, I will say there is a, a a little bit of a problem for that when it when we 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 consider that it took the entire film for one of the characters from the first film to saw off his leg where we have immediately in the sixth film, people are just cutting shit off left and right, being like, I'm not going to die! Well, I mean, they have, bitch. A, they have a two-minute timer. I know, it's a, a little different. Day However, clock. if you started like if you started the series off with that, people would be like, whoa! Oh, right. You mean as far as like audience? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that for sure. Um, although I do, I do think the best, like I would not say use, but the best like outsmarting the trap is still Detective... Uh, uh, Donnie Wahlberg, whatever his name is, Eric Matthews, which I could never say was a straight face because that's the character of the brother uh, on Boy Meets World. Anyway, <laughs> um, but when Detective Eric Matthews gets put into his, and he decides instead of sawing, he's just gonna fucking blunt force trauma. Oh, yeah. Like that, that's actually kind of a because then it's still salvageable in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Just anyway, smash the shit out of. But his I guess that's what. You, but yet the doctor didn't think about that because he's a doctor. Well, I think maybe there's something to what you're saying, though, Nick, because. Uh, Alex, like you said, you can't just start the series off with that. But as they kind of built it up to the first one and it kind of, uh, you know, hit its peak there where he finally did saw his foot off, like, at a certain point in the franchise, like, you've done so many crazy things that, A, if you've been watching along and following the series, then you've kind of become immune to it. Yeah. And so maybe there's a part of you that as you watch them, you just kind of become callous to it. That's what I couldn't really tell when I was rewatching was like, am I just not having a reaction because I've seen the film so many right. times, so therefore it's no longer new to me? Or does the violence just look like it's 15 well, years but old? But at a certain point, like they, they had some, some pretty creatively disturbing things going on in the first few and at a certain point, like, you just can't top that. Like, I don't care yeah. what you're doing. Well, you just need to get obnoxiously I, it, over the top. It, we, we can talk about this when we, we finally get to the final film, whenever that is. Um, <laughs> Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm of the opinion that the, the final kill in any of the games uh, in any of the series, which is the final kill in Saw 7, is one of the most disturbing things I've seen in any of the films. Are you and talking it, like, about the... Uh, I'm talking about the uh, the uh, the girlfriend who was completely innocent who stuck inside the uh, the oven and gets burned. Absolutely, you can think it's comical, but it's like horrifying. No, I'm just yeah, like I'm laughing because that that movie just is so it is bad. And yes. But it, it like I just remember watching that and just thinking, oh my god, this is like the most horrible thing I've ever seen anybody like be put through. Like well, how is this got burned in the oven in the second one? No, this was totally different. I yeah, I, that was like he you, the the worth the extent of that is like. Like you see a hand come up against right. like the furnace. Like you, you, you literally watch her like like dying and like struggling to live and like her water getting sucked from her body and her like start to be engulfed in flames. But she's this perfectly innocent girl who just happened to get caught in this scenario. And it's, yeah, in, it, in the third one, you see a, a, a naked woman being shatter blasted into a in, into like freeze dust. Oh, yeah. Did you say shatter blasted? Yeah. Well, she what was naked, that? so it's all that? right, right. <laughs> Shattered and blasted. Shattered and blasted. Let's, I, yeah. I think 
Well, go ahead, Mick. Kenny, sorry. I, I was just going to throw in, I, I think for me personally, the most disturbing scenario I saw in any of them also came from the second one when Amanda, uh, the, 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 she, she got, she, Keep and, going. She, and she kind of un, un, settled out. <laughs> Well, she she was thrown into a pit full of my syringes. dude, my dude like, right here. Oh shit, my like, dude right to here. To me, that, he knows what's up. That was out of anything I saw out of the entire franchise. Like that was the hardest to watch. Candy, like, can we high five? We can. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. But she purposely went in there, so no, she, she didn't did. purposely she go in there. That dude picked her up and threw she her in there. Thrown in there. But she obviously there was a key thought there. there was going to be a possibility of her going in there. I actually don't think there was. I thought that was really no. I thought the whole point no. was yeah. Like the everybody... point was that the the big bad Hispanic dude was supposed to go in there and get the right. Key. I never got the idea that she was going to go. The, and, for me, the whole point is that she. That's why the scene itself is actually terrifying mm-hmm. because a somebody getting forced in there against their own will, and b she's also a heroin addict, so that's the last right. place she wants to be. I guess. Mm-hmm. However, she knew she was going to be involved in this scene from the get-go, so... Well, she, she was never there to be tested. She was there right. to be a moderator, right. really. Right. 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 Correct. So, so it's so, kind of like it's the first time the game went off the rails for her, and she yeah. couldn't control it. So she that's was, why it's She was like, never meant to be thrown into that yeah. She still survived. I just, that just seemed weird that she would, like, if you think that they would set it up so that she would have to, like, go through a game herself. Because that's the thing. There is no games for her. No. Like, there's not a single room that's meant for her, because yeah. all she has to do is uh, get them down to well, the... Let's talk... Yeah, let's, 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 let's get into the individual films, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to number two. All right. Let's start with Saw 1, which uh, is, as we've mentioned already, a couple mm-hmm. people who are in it, including Carrie Elways and uh, Danny Glover, who are the main uh, people who you <laughs> probably know previously. And then you have uh, Leigh Winnell and also Ken Lone. Lone, yeah. And then uh, Dina Miller, who plays and Starship Troopers. Carrie from, yeah, Starship Troopers. Uh, so we Tobin have, Bell. Yeah, well, and obviously. <laughs> first boobs I've ever seen. Really? <laughs> And it's the second episode we mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Shawnee Smith and also Tobin Bell. And Michael Emerson. That is true. Because he's what, at least when you watch it the first time, you think he's the jigsaw. But right. Well, it's, it's led to believe that, but he's actually just Zep. He is. What a, what a name. <laughs> I, and I love that because of that, you know, plot line that that's what the theme song is called. Hello, Zep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in this film... Uh, Basically, the storyline is the uh, the two players of the game, which are uh, Dr. Lawrence Gordon and Adam, are, are trapped inside a room, and uh, they have to find a way to escape, basically, and the only other way they can win the game uh, is killing the other person. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting film the first time you watch it, especially if you hadn't seen any of the other films in the series, uh, and it's uh, a different... Uh, sort of take on the the horror genre, at least at the time, it was very much unique. Uh, and for the most part, this was a major hit for what it was produced for. And um, yeah. yeah, it really spawned this whole mess of a series. But at the same time, uh, it's a great film, in, at least in my opinion, to go back to Nick, uh, I'm anytime. Gonna, I'm going to guess this was your favorite one. No. No? That's my second favorite because I, I think it's pretty much... I think one other film gets better gets it right where this film slightly falters. But in general, this is my favorite besides that one, and I'm not going to say which one that is until we get to it. I was going to say, because okay. don't you like movies that all take place? In- <laughs> that's why this yeah! movie does, obviously, is high up there for me. However, that's actually one of my biggest 
I would say when I rewatch it, it's hard for me to stomach. And it, whenever it goes outside of that room, not simply because I like one room films, but I feel like the pacing between every time it goes from their tense situation mm-hmm. to outside, you know, like, oh, Who done it. Yeah. Like every time it switches there. Um, there's just a disconnect between those two stories that I, I, I don't know, it's just it's not edited wonderfully. And and I get that it's a first feature, and it's especially clear, too, that the budget is so, uh, so minuscule. Low. Yeah, Shoestring. low, minuscule, that the budget works in that one room. Like, they literally, I think half the reason that room looks like shit is because they couldn't afford something better than that. And yet, when you go out and you have to have a police station, you have to have, like, a bedroom and, you know, whatever, and it becomes clear that, like, the hospital room is literally it's a closet, like it's, you know, probably in their production warehouse or whatever. Then the film starts to strain past its, like, indie origins, and it gets a little whatever, uh, that some of the other films have a bigger budget, so they they get away with it a little more. But, uh, in general, no, I do think this is uh, one of the best ones. Uh, And it's definitely... I would say all the best and worst parts of the franchise can be traced back to here. It's not like any of the f- uh, four, five, six, and seven like start making decisions that weren't even present in the first film. I think they are. It's just it was the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh time we had already seen these decisions. And whatnot. Yeah. But um, the twist is great, and yeah, it's uh, it's. What do you guys think about it? I really enjoy it. It still <clears throat> stands up to me. Um, even years, years ago, like it came out in 2004, I think like last year because of the 10th anniversary, they actually released, released it in theaters again. Yeah, that's right. And I think it, it still stands up on its own as a, as a pretty strong horror film. I feel like it could, it could have been a really good one-off. I wish it yeah. was a one-off, even though saying that, like if, if that had happened, we wouldn't have gotten Saw 2 and that's my favorite of the, the films, but I, I, I agree I, with you. Yeah. I, even though I like second more, I would have preferred this to just stay Yeah, exactly. Off. Yeah. I mean, knowing what was to come to pass, like, so so long after, and I was just <laughs> was like, Was it man, worth it? Was it was it worth it? And I was like, I like Michael Emerson a lot in this. I think I think that his role in this film, even though he didn't turn out to be the killer, I think like it fits into his his type of character where he's supposed to be kind of like he's equal parts servile, but also he kind of has this machination kind of like vibe about him that he's able to like serve like a higher purpose but for his own ends yeah he was also the uh the first one that is the uh the slow coursing poison going through his veins which seems to be the go-to uh in the series <laughs> yeah. when you want like characters to be able to like go throughout an entire game but also feel like there's some kind of urgency no and, th- and yeah. that's why it's used so many times but it's like almost yeah. like the reverse bear trap it's almost like a joke by the end of the the series where it's just like oh there's slow sure. coursing poison there's just... poison in the bear trap yeah. one thing that i hate to bring up this complaint but because you can like i said earlier i think you can complain about this thing that i'm about to say mm-hmm. about any of the movies but i feel like this is almost one reason why it's a little hard to rewatch is that even though it's the first movie that came out of the franchise the climax with uh everything that's happening in the room uh everything that's happening with zepp's game and of course the detective tap coming to the room as well like because it's all started to come to a head at the same time right like because they're all like kind of converge so to speak in the saw bathroom that is maybe the most far-fetched game out of the entire franchise that this would all like at least 
and I'm saying a lot of the other stuff is far-fetched too, but at least the game somewhat got scaled down. Like, they looked bigger because they'd be in, like, a warehouse instead of a bathroom or whatever, mm-hmm. but it would rely on only two parties or maybe one party, or they'd be all on the same location already. But the idea that these completely, like, three-ring circus would perfectly time out to, like, it's just, it's the only time where I'm like, okay, you know, Jigsaw is not this clever uh, <laughs> when it comes to human psychology. But yeah. anyway, that's a minor complaint because it does save itself with the ultimate twist, which is that, uh, you know, Jigsaw rising up and it's like nothing really matters at that point because it's awesome and whatnot. I think, uh, like, last week when we had uh, Samantha over, like, I made a joke about like, the whole body being in the middle and, like, what kind of, like, chemicals he had to, like, take in order to, like, like sedate himself so that he didn't, like... Like rise up or like breathe too much. Have to take a poop. He has to take a poop. He has to take a beta blocker. He exi- hey man, they explain that himself. He, he accidentally like takes like a Viagra or something. It'd be just so hilarious. Just starts slowly this, rising this, up from the this torso. This dead corpse has a raging boner. I mean, Solve you, that riddle, asshole. It's called angel lust. It's a real thing, actually. Angel lust. No, I think I'm dead serious. I know you're being serious okay. because you're playing it straight. Oh it's, my god. Corpses within at least like within the. Two or three hours after they uh, they're dead, they can get boners. Are you telling me that like <laughs> corpses can not only shit themselves but also get boners? No, they can do both. Watch Six Feet Under, man. That'll teach you a lot. I'm serious. Um, other things that I absolutely love about the uh, the first film, um, I, I do like when we first get the the introduction to the actual killer, even though we don't see that it's uh, John Kramer because he has the hood on in his workshop, uh, and uh, Danny Glover and his uh, his um, partner show up. And I just love how ridiculous that whole setup is where he has the guy who's trapped under there and he's like, well, you have 90 seconds to get him out of here or else uh, you're not going to have to catch me. And the uh, the other partner goes running after him and all the shotguns shoot him. You just see him like fall into the ground. It's like, no! Don't forget yeah. the blade gauntlet that he has that shows up when he actually like slices uh, Donnie Glover's uh, oh, yeah. yeah, like neck. I thought that was really cool. I wanted more of that. Yeah, but no, it was definitely it's the best sequel to Home Alone I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that little scene I really Calvin. enjoyed, and I, I I I guess I like the overall story and obviously the reveal at the end more than the acting and the the dialogue because it's really horrible. <laughs> the dialogue is bad. Oh. What's especially, my name? Especially Very fucking confused. What's your name? <laughs> Danny Glover, um, Leigh Winnell, pretty much everybody in the entire film. It's it's not good. Other than um, Zepp, who I feel like is yeah. believable in his dialogue. Michael Emerson's actually good, which is so funny because then he's maybe the only Saw character that doesn't really reoccur after being such a, I would say, integral part of like a you know a game because almost everybody shows up at least in one other film or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, well, he gets the shit beaten out of him at the end of it. And <laughs> I'm just surprised. You know, his death, uh, and then there's no 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 callback at no, all. No, exactly. Like, that was actually really visceral like, and shocking. Right, like when he gets his face beaten in with the uh, the, the toilet top, cover, the toilet yeah. cover. Yeah, that was fuck, man. Yeah. I do like his his line. I don't know why. Why can't you? Why are you doing this? It's the rules. Because <laughs> it's the rules. He's such a dick. Yeah. He is. It's that slow coursing poison, man. <laughs> that part where he beat the shit out of him with the, the toilet tank. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking at the time, like, holy fuck. Like, this is what, 2004? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I hadn't quite seen anything like that before in a movie, like, to that extent where somebody just totally full-on lost their shit and not only did they just show it, but like, like it left nothing to the imagination, and I just, I just didn't recall at that time seeing anything. Like, I don't know. It just, 
something stuck out about it. Now and, you look back it, on it, it's so quaint. Right. Yeah, you go back and watch the first one now, and it's just like, oh, man. Wow, they've it's come been so, so far. So generous the... to him. Right. Yeah. Well, in, the, in that kind of, uh, not necessarily like an embrace, but when Dr. Gordon goes over to Adam then and says, I'm going to go get help, like my goal now Holy is to like shit. get out of here and, and and they're just like bleeding all over each other and like shit has just gone off the rails completely at that point and he gets out of there and obviously if you've seen the seventh film then you see the events that happen <laughs> after he he escapes um from uh the, the room but then when we get the final with uh jigsaw getting up and i think that's i think that it's not even like a great line it's just the delivery of it is my favorite when he turns to adam and goes the key for your chain is in the bathtub and then he just leaves it's like fuck man game over yeah that's also you know i'm sorry but jigsaw's an asshole yes he is the the key is down the drain yes it is but it wasn't initially if he wouldn't have moved i know i I don't understand what what the thought process behind the rules well no that didn't know the rules but like that is such a carefully timed maneuver if you were to truly have to wake up not freak out not move and go Oh, there's but that's a key the point floating on my stomach. I better reach series. for this gracefully. That's the whole series. If What's-His-Name wouldn't have gotten up quickly in the sixth but, film, the, the whole game wouldn't have started anyway. So that's yeah. the whole point is that it's unwinnable. Although so. there is a weird thing in Saw 3 where it's almost – because Saw 3, you see the flashback of Amanda and Jigsaw setting up the Saw bathroom. Mm-hmm. And there is a weird – like I don't know. like She's the one who puts the key there. And so it's like – and Jigsaw is not paying attention to what she's doing, and since that whole movie, when we'll we'll talk about that, is all about how she does unwinnable traps. I wonder if like she was just being an asshole and like should have put the key somewhere a little more like hidden and yet not. Uh, I'm just saying like that's almost weirdly retcon too in Saw Three. Yeah, anyway. but he knows about it, so that's weird that it really kind of doesn't make sense. But no, yeah, that's but, okay. Yeah. Um, moving on to to Saw Two, uh, this is where Detective Matthews becomes involved. Uh, as he is trying to uh, find out where his son, who has been uh, taken, uh, ends up being. And we we know he's a completely asshole father. Um, So there's a reason not to like him right off the bat. And we have the house, then, where uh, all these different uh, characters are involved in, uh, and they need to find a way to escape and find a way to move on throughout the game. And there's a whole kind of other side game that's happening between the characters where there is a way they can find out if they are smart about it, which they have to. So it gets really involved in the second film. Yeah. Uh, And there's a lot happening with the timeline as well in the second film. And it's my favorite of the series and it sounds like it's Tucson and uh, Kenny's as well. So take some time definitely to talk about this one, but um, you know, what are your guys general thoughts about this one is it's a very strong entry into the series, at least in my opinion. I like that the story got a lot more, um, like it was pretty straightforward in the first one, just the two of them in the bathroom. But yeah. once the second one came in, it was like Jesus. There's like eight people roped into this now. Like it, it just got a lot more extreme and a it, little more intense. Meaningfully, it meaningfully builds off of the initial premise of the first film in that you have more traps and they're really grotesque and really (laughs) terrifying, but also has these people just like set against one another in trying to like find a way out of this place. And if you don't, if you don't participate in this game, then the slow acting poison that's going to be pumped. I know slow acting poison again. (laughs) Now it's an air form. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everything you breathe is cancer. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just give him back what he got. Yeah. If you don't like participate, then, you're going to die anyway, so you have to play his stupid little game. But the thing that I really 
one of the things that, that sticks out to me that I really enjoy the most about this film, other than like the initial premise, but also how it also ropes back into the first film in a really clever, to me, a very clever way. And the ending is very powerful. I enjoy that as well. Is that I have this this fascination with bad guy layers. I love to see how the chocolate is made, and I loved it when um, the the SWAT team is like bursting into one of only one of Jigsaw's many, many, many layers, and like seeing all these these uh, these anatomical like sketches and all these really grotesque macabre like Marky Desaad like like Rube Goldberg machines, and just seeing this old guy like like behind this 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 veil, just like eating soup and shit it's, it's just it's just it's hilarious to me it's 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 fascinating i love that shit i love that the entire set design wearing a boxing robe i mean i don't know like what is, what is he wearing <laughs> i never <laughs> i never got that but like starting in the uh yeah the solid too he's just like yeah i'm just gonna throw this on no he had that in the he first time did he oh that's what he wears when he's in the yeah that's in the, right in, in the in the, one, the other like, workshops yeah, where right. the guy gets blown away by the many i guess it makes sense when they're trying to like conceal his identity yeah. but it makes it's just so weird when he's just sitting there with like the hood down. I'm the uh, grand wizard of mutilation. Well, the whole Actually, point, the whole point though, is he's supposed to look vulnerable, and that, that's the whole point of the second film, at least to me, is that he's supposed to look like he's not able to do this because he's not. He's a he's he has cancer, and he's not able to accomplish these tasks, which is where the whole thought process of well, he's obviously not the only person involved in this because. He, there's not just this guy who's a cancer patient running up, setting up all these fucking games that involve pulleys and large machinery. So. He gets around town though, like like in, in in the later films, and you see like him like working with his little like minions and shit. Like he's he's still pretty active. He's pretty spry for being like a cancer ridden like shit into sixty plus year old man. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's really. I mean, Jigsaw just in general is this really weird figure where. He almost brainwashes people into thinking he's like a disciple at, at some point. I mean, he almost has like a like a Charles Manson aura about right. him. Right, brainwashing, and also he's never really upfront about anything, so you never even know. Like, like obviously, you saw three is maybe the only time when we see him actually vulnerable by his sickness because he's like quite literally bedridden. But yeah. like, as far as like, it's kind of funny. Like, you can kind of watch the series and feel like maybe he was faking, not faking having cancer, but like using that as like a card of like, I have cancer. Right. Like, I'm just going to talk in this voice because, you know, I have my diagnosis right here on this sheet. And now <laughs> you, you're not going to question me. Type. Like, you know, like he's using it as like a, a another mask uh, to hide behind in a way. The, uh, um, oh, yeah. I was going to say uh, something I already mentioned, but my favorite part, no doubt, of the entire series and of the second film is is the idea that this whole story is happening in a different timeline than we think it's happening. I just thought that was just so genius with how it played out because the first time I watched, it, I literally had no idea, and I don't, I don't really know unless someone read about it before. I don't know how you honestly could think that beforehand and i just think that was so smart and then the idea that the kid is actually in the room with them the entire time is that's, I, I just i thought was the best part of the he's entire in a series safe, he's in a yeah. safe location I if guess you just talk with me you'll find him yeah that's correct. the other thing i guess that's if i can give some some feelings of mine on this particular installment the reason why i don't like this as much as number one is because i feel like its strengths are the biggest 
uh, holdovers from the first film, including that twist. For me, there is no difference between that and Jigsaw being alive uh, in the middle of the room of the bathroom. I'm not saying no difference in the sense that, obviously, in the second movie, like those lines of dialogue, like he's in a safe place and all that, don't make it that much uh, creatively different than the wow factor of like oh, he was there the whole time. I agree that the the timeline thing is pretty clever because that definitely is a different element. Like Saw One, and that's what makes Saw Two even I would say more believable. Not that, that these movies have to be believable, but you know, like when the Saw One has three different stories converging, this actually makes sense because they were never on a clock. He could have gotten there at any point, and right. that's when he would have found out that it was all bullshit um but the only the other thing i kind of i don't like about saw 2 is that it takes the what i call mtv style editing and it really <laughs> hammers it home to Just a, a fucking it up. obnoxious level to the point where it even tries to make certain traps look better than they are like have you the editing of like the, the quick edits <laughs> yes, like as they're being tortured and killed and well when you watch them um, for a good example when you watch what i call the chinese finger trap where a woman, yeah. woman puts her that's so funny how benign that trap is. But she puts I'm not one kidding. hand in and then puts another yeah. in. And yet there are, and I'm not exaggerating, at least 100 fucking cuts in 14 seconds. And then right. the trap is over because they realize that there was probably, like after they built it, they're like, shit, that doesn't look cool at all. So I guess we're just going to have to fast forward through this. <laughs> like a little thing like that where I just feel like there, there was a few things that felt a little rushed because I'm sure, you know, like they, they got the commission to make a sequel, so they had to make it. Um but like I said, this I don't think it's bad. Like there are certain things that I like about it. Um, I, I mostly like the more the riddles of the actual house, like the numbers on their back of their head and, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the colors and whatnot, like that that kind of stuff. I actually I, I thought was good because that was different than what it was different, but it was also a variation of what we had seen in the first film, which is like the clues are all around you in the house. You just have to actually pay attention. And then the other thing I'll really quickly say is that I I do like that the traps in this house compared to the traps in pretty much the entire first film are mostly uh, unavoidable because it's all about them, like, not really taking a second and, like, you know, actually, like, the guy who gets his uh, eye blown off by the gun. Like, Mm. that's a trap that could have been avoided had you, like, you know, they just put their head not through the keyhole or something like that. Or, or, like, even the Chinese finger trap that technically you could have gotten that if you would have just did that slowly and whatever and got the key. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a few other things. like They all had numbers on the back of their neck. Right. And the more people that have survived, the the easier each trap would have been because as long as you had other people there, like the needle trap, you could have had eight people taking out needles, like, one by one. You have to work together. Why does this sound familiar to another film that we watched? Right, but at least this movie doesn't hammer that home as far as, like, that's not the twist of this movie, that's just the logic of it. So, uh, yeah, it's just, there are are parts of this that just, uh, I feel like, that got a little obnoxiously self-indulgent compared to the first one. Did anyone else really enjoy watching Donnie Wahlberg beat the shit out of of Jigsaw? Because I really enjoyed that when they're driving in the car, and he's like, tell me where it is now! He just smacks I was going to say, which man. time? Because he does it there and he does it in No, the, when he's know, in the car. And he's, he does it in the warehouse, when, when too. It's on, a way, on the way to the climax of the film. And he's just old guy who's just, like, bleeding and just, like, has cancer just beats this shit into yeah, him. Yeah, but he, that, that, that's kind of going to what I was talking about and what Nick mentioned earlier is that he's he's got to be playing up yes. this, this cancer angle. Like, he's not – like, he's pretty much just laying there letting this happen, being yeah. like, well, I'm not going to say anything, so if you just keep beating me up, I'm not going to give you the pleasure of, like, reacting to it. And he never does. Yeah. So I'll take you to the house. <laughs> Kenny, you've, <laughs> said, like... you've said that this is your your favorite, and I know you've talked about individual parts about this, but, but you know, why, 
give give us some more uh, in- input on on things you really did thought stand out about this film. Well, I guess it it did what um, you know when when the first one hit its climax and the guy cut his damn foot off, and I was just like, Jesus, what the fuck just happened? Uh, it took that and it just built on it, and it had that that moment happen for pretty much everyone that was in the house at some point, and mm-hmm. it was just. Like to me, I just my I remember just my mind being blown for the first couple of movies because again, like the scene where he beat the shit out of the guy with the toilet, or when he cut his foot off, or she gets thrown into a pit full of needles. Like I hadn't seen this kind of shit in a movie before, and so it just you, you take that and you couple it with with some of the clever writing and and just how the overall feel of these movies when when I first started watching them what I like a lot about them is just the atmosphere the environment of them the set the you know the the makeup and the the costuming and everything is just is just awesomely done um just the whole vibe of the first couple of movies I feel kind of caught me by surprise and maybe that's what I like so much about them because even the third movie was a a pretty solid one and then I think kind of what I had mentioned earlier to you, Nick, about the kill scenes and becoming callous to them. At a certain point, I feel like even though four and five were unarguably a different direction from the first three, like I just started losing interest in these movies after the first couple because my mind had been blown by how well done some of the stuff was in the first couple. That I don't, I don't know that it's anything in specific about two that I would point at and say. Well, that's why I fucking love that movie so much. Like, it just it took what one did, built on it exponentially, and that's kind of where it peaked for me. Something that Saw four through seven does that really, I guess Saw three does it somewhat too. But I feel like the first two films do a much better job of it. Where I feel like the Saw traps are not like a like a single scene. Like they they just flow throughout better in the first two films where we don't have, okay, we're moving on to the next game now where he's going to be dealing with the trap with this. I mean, it gets very prevalent that that's how the story goes in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh films. Uh, And it's somewhat more in the third film too. But I think in the first two films, it flows better throughout as it's actually part of the story and part of the overall game where it's not just moving from trap to trap to trap to trap, where I feel like that becomes pretty much what the entirety of four through seven are. Well, one, two and three were a lot more straightforward. Whereas as soon as four kicked off, it just, it started getting more convoluted. It started trying to Nick. I think you said it earlier. It started trying to fill in holes from the first couple. And at a certain point it starts getting confusing and the trap scenes start feeling forced (laughs) And you mix that in with the fact that they're they're already trying to top what was some of the most gruesome, you know, hard to stomach scenes from the first three. They're trying to to better those, and it just it just started falling flat for me. But two just kind of just kind of hit its peak. I mean, how how can you not love <laughs> the kind of line where he says, the, "The only door you know how to open is is between your legs." <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. It's between but your legs. This, this, this crazy, <laughs> this crazy guy is running around with a knife because he realizes there's numbers on the back of everybody's neck, yeah. and then he realizes he can't see the number on the back of his neck, and he cuts the fucking back of his neck <laughs> off. Puts it in his pocket. <laughs> puts it in his pocket for later. Save it for a rainy day. I don't know. It was, it was, it was clever at times. It was gruesome at times. It was, 
It was entertaining. It was, it was everything that the Saw series wanted right. to be. It was everything yeah. bundled into one movie. It was entertainingly bad at times. There was a lot of bad acting at times. Oh, yeah. It just... I will say two, this. It was just very entertaining for me. I, I want to praise two things about number two, which is A, I definitely think the needle pit is like one of the, if not the best, like kind of, for me at least, like not traps, so to speak, because it's almost like you're not forced to do it. You're just obviously psychologically forced mm-hmm. to do it because you have to like either do it or not. There's not a lot of, there are a lot of signature quick cuts in that, but it's just like they, 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 linger on it enough right. where you're just like Ugh. and the, the prosthetics of like getting the needles to like actually stick to a human arm mm-hmm. in a way that looks convincing that it's like actually whatever as she's like quite literally like i don't know what do you call it but like parsing through yeah like just quickly whatever like that's actually a pretty great because that's a unlike most of the other things like i've never had a fucking axe swing at my you know torso or something like that so i don't i don't know what that seems you know feels like when you're you know staring at it down but, but you've I, been poked by a needle exactly before. so it's like and that's not something i want to happen so the idea of like swimming through it is just like insane mm. and the other thing i will say um and this is random and you guys can disagree but i actually think the acting is better in saw 2 than oh, it is in saw 1 it, for sure. not because it's like good acting but at least they settled into a rhythm of like I would say mediocre bad acting. Like Saw One, the acting, and I, I like that movie more than Saw Two personally. But like the acting is so bad because yeah. they're trying harder. Because you have mm-hmm. people like Carrie Ewells and Danny uh, Danny Glover and yeah. whatnot. But here at least you have all these unknowns, uh, or at least barely knowns, uh, just kind of like doing hammy, but not distracting performances. No, one was just that bad to where two couldn't possibly be that bad. Yeah. Before we uh, move off, um, and we've been talking about the needle pit scene uh, uh, quite a bit, which is totally fine because it's a a major part of the series. Um, Yeah, we we hit on it a little bit earlier, but I I feel like I'm, I guess, uh, viewing the scene a little differently because I've pretty much always thought that she purposely, not purposely went in, but she always thought there was the possibility that she, and I know it's like a horrible thing for her and I totally get that. But you have to remember, too, that she's, you know, talk about how much she wants to go in there. But I, I really, for me personally, can't take any action that she does in, that, in the whole movie seriously because I feel like she's playing the other side the entire time. So it's one of the things where I could totally be wrong and just reading it wrong, and that's totally fine. But I feel like to think that it's totally unbelievable that she would think that she would end up in there and that she had to pretty much prove to the group then that she would go in there and she would win this game as she obviously knew she was going to. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like I see both sides to it a little more than saying it's an open and shut case. I guess like I would basically, it's not that I don't understand where you're coming from because there's no like concrete answer given to that mm-hmm. idea. It's not like she's, there's a flashback to, in any of the other movies where she's like, well, gee, I'm going to have to do any of these traps that all the other people aren't or something like that. But because I feel like the way that this game is set up, which is that everybody has their own uh, name written next to witch trap or whatever, like it was so clearly set up to be a, a house where she was going to basically just guide people like sheep mm-hmm. to do whichever one they have to do and like have to encourage. And I think the whole point was this is the last trap she ever expected herself to have to like do. So that's why it's like even more terrifying because she is playing the whole side. I and mean, then this is the one time where she can't, because she's literally picked up and thrown like a baby into yeah. it. So, and like, so I guess there, there's nothing about that that reads to me that she was in control or something like that. That's what that's what I don't. I if they I, had went for and she's the like end. crying and I don't think I, that's like acting. Uh, I mean, okay. it's as is acting. Yeah. <laughs> what Shawnee Smith is doing, but I don't think she's just like pretending to be distraught. Okay. I I 
I, I guess I'll just say that I still somewhat disagree because I, I really do feel like really any action she has in the entire movie is really up for debate of whether it being legitimate or not. Just because the fact that she is she is gaming the game, like she knows what is supposed to be happening, she knows what can happen, and she knows everything about the players where they don't know anything about this little secret she has that this is a, she actually is in on the entire game itself. This is a woman who slit her own wrist. In a scene, we see that she slit her own wrist in order to make a more believable story in front of her mentor Jigsaw and then put herself in mortal harm's way in order to execute his will. I think that I'm going to like split this down the middle in that I don't think that she intentionally like foresaw that she would be put into that kind of scenario. I don't think that she like knew that was going to happen. So obviously she didn't plan that, but I think that she knew how to think on her feet and she would do whatever she had to do, not just to survive, but also to execute her mentor's will. Oh, no, I mean, I agree with that. But, and that's why I think that scene works, because when she gets thrown into the pit, like, yeah. she she probably knows exactly, or not knows exactly, but she, she yes, yeah, she'd known that that needle pit was there before they even set foot in that house, mm-hmm. obviously. So she was almost mentally prepared for it. She probably put I, the needles there. Yeah. But in general, so that's why I understand what you're saying as far as, like, yes, yeah, she in control because she she knows every step of this game mm-hmm. but i feel like what i feel like she is taken off guard by that scene personally okay. that, like that, that's that's how i read what she's and I, I'm, doing. Not, I'm not saying that that's not possible <laughs> i just feel like it's more up for debate than it being an open and closed well obviously like because for me i read it as she i mean if, if you really think about it if there is any other of the traps in the house that she could get herself in and I mean, there are other things that if she like was involved with it, she would not be living from it. So, and that was something that she knew how to, uh, you know, get through it without dying. So, I, you know, it's I feel like it, it's it's one of those things that is not a um, you know black and white issue. I wish yeah. there was a scene in this film where it's just like, wait a minute, Amanda doesn't have a trap, bitch. Where's your trap? Yeah. Well, that's pretty much, yeah, what the whole ending's based off of, as far as, like, when they all three get down, because it's, what's his name, Xavier? Or, yeah, yeah Xavier, right. um, D- Daniel, and her, it's kind of like, it all comes to a head as far as, like, oh, you've just been leading him, because he doesn't have a trap either, that was the other point, is that there's two people that don't have a trap, Daniel and um, her, because yeah. of the whole point when they're all supposed to get through. Um, but, yeah, no, I... I yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. I just, um, I don't want to make Don't these, subscribe to that. Well, I just don't want to make these movies more complicated than they are yeah. because this movie already bends over backwards to try to explain everything that, that like, I, I don't want to personally, like, start theorizing about things that aren't uh, made uh, ambiguous in my head, at okay. least, you know, but, but yeah, but I can see that. Okay. Let's not make this, this series smarter than it thinks it is, okay? Uh, I, 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 I personally think for this that it, it kind of does but but that's that's just my reading of it yep. let's move on to the third film where uh, jigsaw uh kidnaps a doctor to keep him alive while he watches his new apprentice put an unlucky citizen through a brutal test that's sort of what's going on here um and uh this film uh, star or has uh, jeff involved in it and then his we find out wife uh, named lynn also uh, eric matthews gets somewhat involved here <laughs> sort of matthews. And uh, we have a lot of other people involved in this film as well. And this is our first time. Is this the first time we see Rig, or is he involved or in the earlier he, he, films, too? He's in the second movie because he's okay. uh, one of the SWAT team that goes in the original okay. and storms the Jigsaw Billy puppet. Yeah. Oh, Billy. He's not the guy who gets his uh, 
His his knees knocked in. No, because that guy dies. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, he dies. Yeah, yeah. Like, so oh, Billy, um, uh, what are overall uh, your your guys' feelings on the third film? I I know Nick that you you do you do quite like this one. This is my favorite one yeah. of the entire franchise. Huh. And there's there's quite a few reasons for that. This is uh, this is the only time when Jigsaw's philosophy makes me think. Like the first two movies, I think it's bullshit or whatever. This time around, though, it's the only time where I don't say I subscribe to it, so to speak. But it's like I almost understand what he's doing to the point where I think he is trying to do something good because the idea here with when Jeff is going through his game is that he's basically giving these traps a complete backdoor. Like it is very easy for any of these people to get out because all Jeff has to do, because Jeff, of course, in case someone maybe needs a refresher course, but he's the one who has lost his son in a, in an automobile accident. Somebody ran over his son, I guess, who was on a bicycle. Mm. Um, and so, Jigsaw sets up an elaborate trap uh, in a warehouse where he's going to go room by room by pe- and meet people that were somehow involved with this accident, whether it was just the passerby that didn't stop their car yeah. <laughs> or it was like the judge that gave a very light sentence to the drunk driver or whatever. And that's what I think makes this movie have some humanity in a way that the first two didn't because – it is very easy to get out of these traps. It's just resting on the shoulders of a man who is very uh, vindictive in the same way that like Jigsaw is vindictive and whatnot. So I guess because the game seems a little more palatable to me because, like for example, the very first trap is the the woman in the freezer and the the water you know blast mm-hmm. Tucson called the shatter blasting yeah. Um, yeah I just I can't use that word because it just sounds like someone shitting their pants <laughs> um, fine shatter say blasting. that say that too yeah she probably With did the, shit herself when she exploded into a thousand fucking icicles but yeah but you have we something like that if she was a man she'd be getting a boner too <laughs> but Lady um, boner. okay then Uh, so when Jeff is in that room and you know he's whatever like that's very simple all he has to do is reach through the metal cold bars which really all he had to do because he was like taking forever to do it was fucking put his jacket over his face and then just lean up against the bar he's a dummy yeah but all he has to do is grab a key let her out like that's how easy it is like people don't have to cut off body parts just to escape these traps so it's a lot more resting on the human nature which is what Jigsaw always tries to like you know proclaim Mm -hmm. um so that uh, kind of coupled with the fact that I like the traps probably the most as far as the collection of traps because I like the idea that they weren't resting on gore as much and these were more psychological like like yeah I, I, like being cold and like freezing to death like that's kind of a scary thought in a way that like I, I can't necessarily emotionally connect to like well this you gotta saw off your own foot or something like that um, or even uh, the guy the judge who's going to be buried I love that one buried alive by the guts of pig like that's just simple drowning he's gonna drown in pig giblets but just to like watch that scene and like understand that you know that can't smell good that you know like just all of those factors oh, coming in yeah it's, it can't it's, smell good it's not good um, <laughs> not great but the real reason really quickly why I like this film the most is because it also it's the saw and I think there's a reason why this is the final film in like this original trilogy so to speak and like this is is that it feels like saw in uh, having a discourse with itself because. Once you find out that Amanda is the one that's being tested about these unwinnable traps, I don't know. I just think the film almost becomes – the franchise almost becomes brilliant when it comes to the final uh, standoff between Jigsaw, Amanda, and Lynn, and, of course, Jeff coming.
running in through the rear when she's basically telling Jigsaw to fuck off because, you know, you're no saint either. You murder people. And he's like, oh, I don't murder people. And it's kind of like, I just love that it basically ends in this bloodshed where nobody wins. And I think that that's like the final statement I leave Saw with, which yeah. is nobody wins. And I, that's why I love the climax of this movie and just the, uh, Basically, what I've always liked about the the first three is that the relationship between, and I don't mean romantic, but between uh, Jigsaw and Amanda fully explored. It might be the only time that this franchise had any real pathos for me. I don't know. There's just a lot going on here that I, I personally love. Yeah, we get some with, with, with the daughter, too, right? Because she's kidnapped of... Uh, Very shortly. The, the daughter of... Uh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff? Right. Yeah, she's barely in it. She's she's in the one flashback. Right, but yeah. but that's still part of the... And it gets involved in the later films, too. Correct, yes. Um, and that's the other thing, is that it also does well to like give the the whole game that was being played more meaning than it did when you than the first time you watch it, because once you realize that Jeff and Lynn are married, it does mm-hmm. actually successfully emotionally tie them together as far as, like, oh, like this is what she was dealing with, and this is what he was dealing with, and therefore, like, you, you kind of, like, you re- didn't realize that they were missing puzzle pieces, but it makes both of their characters make even more sense once you realize that they're both dealing with the loss of their child, and, mm-hmm. and not just a random, like, you know, uh, two games simultaneously. So I got to say that I actually I do enjoy Saw 3 not as much as Saw 2 but I thought it was a a perfect ending point for for me to just dip out uh, of the Saw series. I thought that it it ended on a high. I thought it was really interesting to see what you were talking about Nick with the relationship between Amanda and Jigsaw finally like brought to a head. And I also think it's just interesting that I know that it was probably intended by the original like screenwriters and directors to like leave out this film, but they were probably contractually obligated to leave it open. And I and it's interesting how like the the final act of this film is so reliant on these these cliffhanger clues that are sprinkled about like like the letter that that Amanda is reading. Like we don't know what that letter says, who it's from. But it's enough to make her distraught in order to like go in into Jigsaw's room and like face off with him, and we we have um, the the one scene of Jeff's daughter like is like I know where where she is, but you're going to have to play a game. Turns out he didn't have to play a game. Now did he? He got his ass blown away. Is what he did. Well, um, are you talking about what he says to him at the end? At the end, okay, yeah. yeah. He's like, "You're gonna have to play a game." I was like, "I wonder what his next game was supposed to be." <laughs> well, I mean, that was technically. Wait, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I I don't even know because that's the final whatever. Um, the what, final whatever. Well, it's the final like you know because that's the other thing that this has like a 20 minute ending. Like it goes from like this is like okay, Lynn, you pass your test. Amanda, twist. It was you that was being tested all along. You failed. Also, I didn't tell you that Jeff and Lynn are married. Now Jeff's walking in. Now Jeff, don't kill Jigsaw because that's your test. And Lynn's screaming at it. You know, like it just keeps going. Like. Every Everybody, everybody, calm the fuck down. But and then that's the thing is that I the reason why I appreciate that is because it's finally the first film to acknowledge that Jigsaw is not like In control. Yeah, like a savant that will. Now I'm not saying he didn't entertain this possibility because they do uh, throw a line in there where Jigsaw said you just killed four people to Amanda when she finally shoots Lynn like in the shoulder because he knows the the course of events that that chain sets mm-hmm. off. But it's like you know he, he Jigsaw is not smart enough to like always be right so to speak so i guess i just like the fact that this i don't know it ended on such a cynical note that it would completely kill off its main character 
and uh, and the protege that he uh, you know raised, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Although I think that's the interesting part is this is really. I mean, I guess not not even necessarily, but this is really the only film of the entire series where Jigsaw is the main character. Yeah. As we see, he's almost like a side character in all of the other films, and in some of them, a very small character, especially the first film, uh, and also in 6 and 7 as well. But I think this is the only film where he is prominently featured, and I think that is something that a lot of people... I don't necessarily would make them like this film more, but I feel like a lot of people like the Jigsaw character and specifically John Kramer as he's almost like like almost like a cult favorite of horror is is his and, and Tobin Bell playing him. Yeah. And this is the the film that most features him. Yeah. And I think uh that is something that makes people come back to this film and like it so much. Not necessarily that's why you like it so much, but for a lot of people um, since he is really the character that people keep coming back to, and, and that's the reason that behind the series gets made. But still, this is the film that features him by far the most, and he's a main character. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting part of this film that that sort of twists what the series is, where he's almost in the sidelines, especially later in later films because he's dead. But in the earlier films, he's almost on the sidelines and a supporting character. Uh, and I, I feel like that's uh, an interesting twist in terms of just twisting around how the storyline goes in this film. Yeah, I like I like the use of the word twist because one of the tracks the the traps is the rack where a guy literally has his limbs and his head <laughs> twisted around. That, that was actually pretty badass. Yeah, yeah that's that uh, especially like when you see the bones popping out. Such whatnot. a badass Very name for a trap: the rack. Creatively fucked up and disturbing, and yeah, this one uh, saw three simultaneously. Made me feel like kind of what you said, Dusan. Mm-hmm. Like you missed your first opportunity in this being a standalone with the first one, mm-hmm. but I'll let two and three slide. Yeah, I'll let but them. end it there. I'm good with it. Yeah, but then they kept going. Uh, simultaneously, I was happy with the series after three. Yet it also this is where it started losing me mm-hmm. at a certain point. Like it just the, the end. The last twenty minutes got so crazy. With I mean, it was cool that they tied so much of this together, but like. Also, you've got her cutting his head open with no anesthetics or anything, and he's just like, oh, never better. Project Runway, make it work. Going, going to die with, without it. So. Right. right. Not I, only no, that, I but, understand, but yeah. it just kind of was just kind of, eh. I need you to hold your mouth and don't breathe. She's cutting a chunk of his skull out while she's got a bomb around her neck that's synced to his heartbeat and everything. I was just like, what the fuck? What? I mean, mean, there are lots of parts of this series that you have to take leaps for. Right, I was going to say. So that's why that scene of the body... That's actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. And maybe that's because I also... like If we look at horror and what we want horror to do, it's the only time the movie or the franchise ever got personal for me because I've had a lot of surgeries and I hate surgery. So the idea of like going in without anesthesia and like just being awake while like that's maybe the not the most gory part even though it almost probably is in, in the movie but it's the most terrifying part because that's the like i was actually able to like be on that bed like mentally and go oh shit this is happening it's well, the sickest game of it, operation ever it just yes there are leaps you need to make to believe it understandable but I, i'm just saying for me personally this is where this is you where checked out even i yeah. started thinking like Okay, like this is where it started having holes for me, and that's why I think when the fourth one came around and then into the fifth one, I started going to the theater and realizing I'm just doing this out of tradition, and I'm really more or less just becoming irritated with this because it's just, 
it's trying to top itself more and more and more and well, and you talk about the fourth one and is everyone cool if we we move on to yeah. talk yeah. about the fourth yeah. film is um, this is the one that happens concurrently yeah. with the third film, right? which I actually think is a brilliant twist to a horrible movie. Like, <laughs> uh, only because I actually thought that that like, because my biggest concern when I went and saw the fourth one, it was I saw the only ones I ever saw in the theater were three and four, and so when I went and saw four, like my biggest question was, okay, how are they going to continue this franchise? Not to say that I wanted them to, but I was just like, how are they intrigued? Yeah. yeah. How are they going to go forward? Because they killed off their main antagonist. Well, two main antagonists. Cause that's the other thing. Like if they left Amanda open, then it would have just been so obvious. Like, okay, now Amanda just continues or whatever, but they kill off their main antagonist and the protege. So it's like, how are we going to continue this? So I feel like they're, my favorite scene in Saw 4, which I alluded to earlier when you, when you were saying what's the best part of Saw 4, is for me it's absolutely the opening of Saw 4, which I think it might be one of the best scenes in the entire franchise, which is the autopsy. Because besides the fact that it's just a wonderfully gory you know, set piece, you know, um, I love that this is, even though it's a horrible movie, it's a great beginning because this is a horror franchise saying we're not going to do what other horror franchises do jigsaw is dead and look let's slice him open just to make sure you guys realize as the audience that he is staying dead now obviously yes he does things from beyond the grave because he had already planned it and he has other people to help him out and whatnot but like at least this film was like completely not fucking around from the very first frame of the film to say like we are not going to pull some bullshit stunt and bring jigsaw back in any future film uh unless it's a flashback so that's that's why that's my favorite scene in the whole movie and i believe that the tape recording uh it's directed at detective hoffman which is great yes because you think when you're watching that film at least when you're watching the the film uh play out that they're that he's going after Detective Hoffman as a, a target, but really right. he's talking to him from the grave yes. as him being his protege, sort of thinking that he doesn't need to be tested and thinking that oh, I'm just going to keep doing this, or whatever. And pretty much Jigsaw saying no, no, actually, even though he's in on this one late in the later films, it gets more involved with that. So. Oh yeah, and no, and that's that's a great thing. It was one of those saw moments where it's like that scene has completely different context once you've seen the future films, which mm-hmm. is the sign of good i would say like callbacks because at least it it doesn't make you watch that scene and go oh well now this makes no sense if anything it just makes more sense um but yeah so then of course the final twist being that this software takes place concurrently with saw three it's so ridiculous and audacious <laughs> that that's that's half the reason why i love that twist but also that, that that explains how we got a fourth film uh because we set it at the same time so even that's realistic enough to believe that um you know okay you just set this up what before he was uh still alive now i know both you and tucson uh have <laughs> Strong feelings in the negative about this. Film. Powerful let, feelings. Let, let, let's get those on the table here. All right. So can I start? Yeah, you can do it. Okay. Um, I have the same feelings. Okay. So I, I frequently, when I'm describing my experience with the Saw franchise, I like to say that Saw 4 is the most morally offensive like installment for one singular trap. I don't want to talk about that but first i want to talk about one of my favorite quotes from this film because i feel like it it encapsulates at least for me like the entire saw franchise it's when uh jill um jigsaw's uh divorced wife 
like like his former former wife is being interrogated about like John's history. Like this is what she te- she says to like the person that's interrogating her is like John's life defies chronology and linear description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, bitch, are you drinking the Kool Aid? Where are you from? And I'm just like, that sounds like you're describing the films I'm watching. They defy li- <laughs> chronology and linear description. Um. Yeah. There's. There's not a lot that I actually like take from from this film. I thought it's really interesting that we were we were talking about this before we were recording, Nick, about how the the seamless transitions that are employed in this yeah. film like were really more of a, a budget uh, constraint. Yeah, budget constraints <laughs> are cost ben- beneficial because like there's a scene where uh, Rig, uh, the uh, the the SWAT team like cop from the previous films who is in in his own trap in this this one where he has to not be a good person he can't yes. save people that's his game yeah when when he he throws somebody through a window and it ends up her falling into another scene and I love how like it just merges to like uh, a cop opening a door and just like uh, talking to some other cops just, like very blasé knowing that he had to have a straight face on the <laughs> on on the screen on 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 the set because they're there is a dead woman covered in glass in the middle of the police department. Just not going to look at it. I, I, I told you this is almost like the the horror equivalent of like the the Aaron Sorkin walk and talk where a bitch gets murdered and then you're just talking over it. Um, yeah, there. And just to get out of the way, what I am referring to uh, and being really offended by is the one trap that features a a, a man. Who was abusing his his wife and his daughter, and the wife being put into this thing called the uh, what is it? What is it called? Does Which it have... one are you talking about? Uh, yeah. I'm talking about they when... were back to back hanging. They... Oh, the Buffy's ceiling. mom. Yeah, Buffy's mom. Where yeah. they have like the like the operation game. Yeah, they're, they're stabbed... in the specific points of yeah. the body. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're both being stabbed through. Yes, and I'm like, why? Is she there? I, no, we 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 paused the first time we watched it, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious? Are you telling me that a victim of domestic abuse is being is being tortured and put into a game right now because she was not complicit in like outing the fact that her husband was an abusive piece of shit? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I mean, yeah, seriously, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who thought this was a good idea? Not only on like like in in the the contextual level to of the fair, film itself. To be fair, Jigsaw does have brain cancer, so but, he, but the people who are the writing ideas. this film, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I, that's actually a different reason than I mean, I agree with you in the sense yeah. that I think that's awful. But I'm mostly referring when I say morally offensive to this film is the only time that this entire franchise gets up in its own ass about Jigsaw's philosophy yeah. about yeah, we're going to punish Rig because he keeps like leading the charge and like being selfless and whatever like that part just makes no that doesn't make any sense and it's not even just like a trap it's like that's his entire game like he has to keep driving home this point of like stop being such a fucking saint i can't stand it stop being stop being such a selfless hero yeah that part that part makes no it's 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 uh it's one of the only times where like when i listen to like whatever whether it's a tape or like the video for like that i just start cracking up that and actually the one time and uh really quickly this is just a very small but it's all three the person who's chained up in the classroom there's a line in that video which i actually laughed out loud because 
apparently Jigsaw doesn't know spatial geography, even though he's like a architecture. Uh, because in his video, he said, you're standing in a room that's not much bigger than the room you used to be in, a prison cell. I'm like, that's a pretty fucking big prison cell <laughs> if this is not that much bigger. But Yeah, it must be one of those really nice resort prisons. Yeah, so, like, you know, Jordan Belfort style or something. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, yeah, everything Jigsaw says on, on a recording or video is it's just... It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you don't know if it's actually Jigsaw or is it somebody who's just using like that tape recording like distortion thing. Thus it's... the brilliance of the franchise. <laughs> Fuck this, man. Well, uh, you can kind of tell the difference between which are Jigsaw and which are Hoffman if you actually or listen Amanda's. to it. Or Amanda's. Yeah. <laughs> there's the three-ring circus. There, there's the ones there. that suck and the ones that don't suck. And I don't mean that they're not less bad. I mean they're just less cruel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm trying to think. There's a... <laughs> that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> doesn't need to, this series. The other be... thing that's completely confusing about 4, and this happens every single time I watch 4, it doesn't matter how many times I've seen this entire franchise, when it comes to that climax, I can't keep anybody straight because they all look the same. They cast the same white, <laughs> mid-40s, bushy, black hair guy because... Uh, Kaufman, uh, the other guy who I don't even know his name, uh, who's there doing like the other thing because he's got the hat on too, yeah. or whatever. Like they all look the same, and I'm like, I, I, I genuinely, whoever did the casting, like that's pretty bad. If you're, like, that's how you know some of these films are bad. It's like they're they're failing at casting, like not even acting, but like they just can't even like get. I'm good... looking for a, a white, uh, gruff looking thirty something. Old okay. male. Great. Now we just filled three roles. Moving on. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, but I, I genuinely got confused the first time I watched it because I could not keep straight which white guy was which. Yeah. I I, I feel like the, the problem for me with this film, and, and there are lots of them, and you guys just highlighted two of the, the major ones. But for me, uh, the, this film, I feel like the best part of the film comes at the very end, which, which is the, the great kill which isn't even really a, a trap i mean i, I mean it, it is a trap. he can't really do anything but he's really just... he's just kind of hanging there and then all of a sudden these two huge ice cubes just come out and uh destroy his head and just <laughs> some fucking peewee's playhouse bullshit yeah. dude his head just explodes like a ketchup packet and... wow. yeah. <laughs> but really that whole thing is just set up and it's it's set up for them to fail which is the entire series for the most part but yeah for the most part for me the, the fourth film uh, with the exception of number five, has the least redeeming qualities of any of the, the films, especially the later four, even though the seventh is a terrible firing pile of shit. Um, the, the fourth film, there's just really just nothing there for you that you think, oh, well, at least there was that part other than the Donnie Wahlberg killing at the end. There's the the fat uh, pedophile rapist who gets his <laughs> eyes gouged out and like his limbs pulled off like a fucking... Stretch Armstrong, but yeah, I didn't like that. I just remember uh, that vividly now. <laughs> that's the other thing. It's like, okay, so here we have something that I wouldn't say somebody who deserves, shall we say, Jigsaw's wrath or whatever. You're a fucking cop. You take his ass in. You have all of this evidence. But no, but what I was going to say is that... <laughs> Going back to my point. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, but like that that's the other thing is that this this is another great example of how like insane the ranges between like the victims of these traps. You have somebody like him where like if you want to base 
uh, a horror story, which guess what? That's what Dexter did. I mean, that's what that story was all about. It was all about like a guy murdering people because he thought he was justice was served type thing. That was you a know? stupid ass show. It was, but I'm just saying, like, if you base it around, at least your logic is consistent or whatever. Uh, but like, if you if, if you have somebody like that person that you just described, like the pedophile, stand up next to like the guy in the very first film, even where he's like, "You cut yourself at night, so now I want you to cut yourself for me because you shouldn't cut yourself." Like, that if, sounds if, like a fucking Evanescence song. I just say, like, in what nature? <laughs> Wake me up. Wow. Okay, you need another Diet Coke. But it's like, in what nature does the same logic apply to these two, like, people? Like, and that's where, like, these films just, like, there's just, yeah, that's, it's just one thing that's always, like, bugged me as far as, like, going from any of these films to another, like, the logic as to who should be chosen and who shouldn't. Well, even just in the fourth one alone, you've got Rig, who is yes. guilty of caring too much. Yes, you literally have the yin and yang. Rapes and murders women. Yep. It's like, yeah, well, they're on the same level. Right, they're on the uh, same level for but, jigsaw. I mean, all Rig had to do was just not save these people. That's <laughs> fucking stupid. That's so fucking <laughs> stupid. Hello, Nick. I see that you like to litter. Now you have to eat all of this horse shit. Okay, first of all, don't even know what to say to that. Not even going to dignify that with the response. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the fifth film, and we skip. All right, let's move on to the sixth film. I was going to say we're going to have very little to say about uh, number five. I Um, I do it exists. I I, it is actually a film. Um, I I I will say um, a couple things that I feel like I I do kind of like about this film. Not that they're good. The whole story with Hoffman and Strom, I could fucking deal without. It's a waste of everyone's time. His lips are fucking weird. Okay. But uh, getting back to reality, um, this film, the, the, the scene of them setting up uh, the second film uh, and uh, Hoffman talking with uh, Jigsaw, I thought was interesting, even though it's a boring part of this film. And, and this is, a, for the most part, a very boring film. Uh, but I, I did like that part. And I, I do kind of like the idea, even though it isn't necessarily a new idea, even to this series, that all of the games at the end, people, they could have all survived to the end if they would have just figured out. I thought that was kind of clever and it was kind of interesting, especially with how some of the uh, parts of the games went together. But for the most part, yes, I have to completely agree with everybody, pretty much for the most part, it's, that this this is a terrible entry into the series. It's clever if, uh, if that would, like, something like the problem is with that twist because i agree that that like that could have been done a little better but is that it thinks that it's just as clever as it's any, not, of, uh, any of the other past it's fucking stupid. Well, i mean it's it, it's good in the sense that it makes sense as far as it logically follows when you go rewatch the scene yes there's an extra you know uh, foxhole for the one person to have sat down or like or just very simple things that you do actually ask yourself like why can't two people fit in there apparently they could they were just idiots because they follow these rules too blindly right um and didn't you know uh, didn't follow the cardinal rule, which is to work together. Um, the, <laughs> the cardinal rule is to work together. Yes, teamwork. And so the um, what was I going to say? This this is the film. If I'm mistaken, correct me. Is this the film where, or is it no? I should know this because I just watched six. But is this the film where somebody gives themselves a trach basically with the uh, yes. the tracheotomy? Yeah. Well, this is another example where uh, Saul hits home because as somebody who's had a tracheotomy, I'm like, damn, like yeah. So that's. Uh... But for the most part, the main storyline of this film, which a lot of uh, those main storylines aren't necessarily replaceable, but the, but the backstory to the game, which is the cat and mouse game between Strom. 
uh, as he's involved with this. And then also Hoffman is involved with this. I just feel like it's so sleepy. And this is the one film where really nothing gets accomplished in the grand scheme of things in these Saw series. And everyone just feels like, oh, I just wasted my time. And I feel like this is the clear part, even though uh, Saw 6 with its low uh, sales at the box office is what really killed the series and ended it mercifully. But this is where I think everybody jumped off the bandwagon, and I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with this that. This was the last one that I had seen in my first watch through mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in the original, like when they were first coming out. I Just like Kenny, I had stopped after five uh, the first time through, and I didn't watch six and seven until last year when we watched them all together. I fell asleep the first time we watched this. You would not but, let but me I, live it down. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, I, it, it just was fact. Not, three yeah. times I've tried to watch this movie. Yeah. I've never seen the end. <laughs> You're not missing much time. because not missing much. there's there's not much that gets accomplished. Even by the it, so. um, and that, okay. And the reason why I think this or not think this is my least favorite Saw film, besides the fact that it's just awful in general, is that this is the only time, and I don't care how stretching it would have been if they would have been able to, but this is the only time when the main game has nothing to do with anything. Like, it literally, <laughs> I was waiting for the twist to somehow tie the stupid um, investment, you know, real estate deal or whatever to tie into, like, well, that they were the ones who worked on the Gideon factory or something, like, you know, something, whatever. No, it's literally, yeah. like, whoever was still standing, I don't even remember who was at this point, Doesn't which matter. is kind of like, all right, well, I'll see you guys at home. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we should exchange numbers or something. I mean, it's just, like, it just ends. I mean, it's like, oh, so literally that was just a waste of my time. Like, even when the Saw films are bad, I don't mind wasting my time. Trust like, fun, baby, get that arm looked at. So, yeah, that's, uh, what? <laughs> the guy who split his arm in half oh. on the last trap. You better get that arm looked at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they would have all been there, they would have all had the enough amount of blood that they would have all made it through, but they had to fucking kill everybody Those else. Those so, idiots. Well, yeah, if they just would have worked together. They uh, should right. have known. I think that's enough. Yeah. Uh, moving on to <laughs> Saw 6. Bye, 5. Um, it, this is, for me, definitely the best out of the last four and even though I won't say I like it more than Saw 3, which I don't, um, I feel like this is the only time that the last four, uh, one of the last four of the series, lives up to anything that the first three were doing somewhat. Even though it's probably not as good. Um, I, I do like what this film does, as I feel like, A, this film does what the first three were trying to accomplish, where it's trying to move the grand story along, while at the same time... Uh, it accomplishes a really nice job of showing this other storyline that is also involved in the main storyline as well. And also, too, uh, this film has quite a good twist at the end of it that I feel like is a lot more subtle than a lot of the other twists are. But at the same time, I remember seeing this for the first time and like, oh, shit, yeah, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I don't know, it's just something about even though the acting is laughably bad, this is almost like, uh, you know, almost like a uh, um, a soap opera for the most part in terms of the acting. This this is uh, don't insult soap operas <laughs> like that. We we get the kind of quick moving like this is almost like film like a television show at some points, which is really weird. Um, but overall, I, I I just enjoy this film for some reason, and I, I keep coming back to it and talking about the last four films. 
and um, it's my favorite out of those, and it's really not that close. It's a, it's, it's a weird film because on paper, this should be the worst Saw film <laughs> because Jigsaw takes on healthcare reform. Sounds like the worst episode of like Schoolhouse Rock I've ever seen. Like, it's just it's just the most bizarre uh, premise that like you know could have ever been you know done in this universe. And I think a that says something about the other bad films in the franchise. Like that's how bad they are. But b it almost I would say gets out of its own ass to make a kind of semi interesting point about like the the nature of healthcare is like basically you're a jigsaw. You have to like leave people up to their own devices because you're not going to actually, you know Who made this formula? It's like, oh so you made the formula. <laughs> oh. So you kind of just decide who lives or dies. Yes. It's, it's just policy. Yes. And I that's another that's another thing is that I think this film does a good idea good job for me at least uh further reinforcing that jigsaw is just a psychopath and he doesn't like he's not a benevolent you know like like the way they touted him in the first film or whatever so i actually think that these films are somewhat important especially the sixth one because it does do a good job of i would say almost retconning his behavior because it makes more sense when you see this and i don't even think the original creators had a firm grasp on this because i genuinely think that they thought that they were creating somebody who would like not to root for but at least in the first film like no but he's not a murderer at least it's films like this one and the sixth one, especially when done right, which this is done right enough, uh, where it, it, it adds another layer to his character that at least, I would say, is uh, makes him more tolerable as a whole. Well, and, and we get the, the great finale, at least for me, in, in this film, where it's involved with Jigsaw uh, enough, where he, he is involved in the overall storyline, as this is something that happened to him previously before he passed away. Uh, and he wants his his, his wishes carried out. Uh, in, in this film, we get the the um, unfortunate storyline, although it is played out somewhat okay in this film between Jill Tuck and Detective Hoffman, where they're like kind of working together, but then they have this weird hate for each other, which doesn't really seem to make sense at all because Hoffman's just a piece of shit, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's really no reason for their antagonism yeah. except for the fact that like it seems like. The, the reason why it was created was because a you gotta have conflict. But, well, I mean, there's but, a reason why, but but when you're looking at it, you're just like, wait a minute, there's really no reason for them to not work together. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> and, and so that's what it's weird about it. And I guess maybe they were going for the idea that Hoffman just became an even bigger psychopath than Jigsaw, and he just wanted it all to himself, whereas, which makes sense. But it it never makes sense <laughs> as to why Jill just does any of this like yeah. i don't mind watching it like it's it's you know it's fine as far as like scene by scene basis but in what sick twisted universe do you have like an ex-husband you're like oh my god you have cancer then yeah let me take over your sadistic killing rituals <laughs> that's the least i could do in your honor like there's and like i'll make sure that i even fight the person that is willing to do it because it needs to be done right <laughs> well it, it, it kind of does a little bit rope back because she's going after the health insurance company that denied him getting help in the first place for it. Right. But at, at the same time, it's, it's, yeah. I guess it, that's it, why it, they fell in love in the first place. They came from the same creepy background. I, well, it's a way to look at it, I suppose. But it, <laughs> we it watched kinda, her lose her baby. Yeah. That's fucked yeah. up. It, this film, and then he hated her for it. 
Well, yeah. I, I like how Jigsaw was not a good person. No, 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 he wasn't. When she gets uh, gets <laughs> no. interrogated, I'm not sure if it's in this film or if it's an earlier film, and it's just like, what was the fucking plan? It's like, why did he want to get married or whatever? It's like, John always had a plan. Have you heard of, ever heard of the Chinese Zodiac? I'm just like, bitch, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that that got really involved in the earlier films when they had the the scene where he um, has his first game right with mm-hmm. the. Uh, the guy who is the one who pushes her and ends that up the knives getting, guy. Yeah, yeah. Which actually, I think I think that's in the fourth. Yes, film. it's a flashback of the fourth film. Which yeah. actually was one of the better parts of that film. It was yeah. actually. I, agree. Um, I I will say that this sixth film, and we can get into everybody's uh, favorite if they want to, but my favorite trap in any of the films is the uh, the merry-go-round trap in the, uh, the sixth <laughs> film. And I I feel like the reason why I like it so much is because a it, it allows two of the four people to actually escape pretty easily that they're able to get out. One person has to decide this, and it is their boss deciding who is going to live and who is going to die. And we have very interesting dynamics in this scene as people are basically stating their case of why they should live or why the other people shouldn't. And we get a very um, interesting, like up against the clock people screaming why in the women screaming i'm pregnant <laughs> the guys screaming that you know I, I i'm the best employee you should want to keep me or whatever and i think the, the the thing for me that i always go back to is the annoying guy who's in the sweater vest uh who ends up being the last one who's killed yes. and the it comes down to him and the, the last female who oh is, well that's just fucking yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. as he's still <laughs> that's going, just great as he's still going around because the um the last person who gets saved is the other woman but she's not the last person who could be killed so it still has to go all the way back around <laughs> until the guy in the sweater vest gets you killed. Look at me. Yeah. You look at me yeah. when you do it. I just, I mean, in Tucson, you just said it, but him just like screaming out, oh, well, that's just fucking, fucking great. great. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and then it goes around and then he does die. But just the way the mechanics of that whole scene work and the way that the characters sort of kind of yell and scream and, and talk about why they should get chosen for this is just such a like vulnerable and just really bizarre and up against it and grindy, grimy kind of fit finale. And it's just very interesting this to all me. all happens on a merry-go-round? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, Sounds uh, like a drunken Like a merry-go-round, you find out a playground, not like a like uniform. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I literally was can just we, saying, this sounds like a drunken day at a playground. But, but, but <laughs> when, when you also get into the fact that the main character ends up choosing and, and letting live two females and none of the male people end up living from it. I mean, you can get into all kinds of like, even like not necessarily like theories, but like thoughts of why he saved them as opposed to other people. And it's right deeper than this film was trying to go for at all. But yeah, I I just really, I really enjoy that scene on many different levels. I'll agree with you to an extent because I personally don't think there's any like, anything behind who we choose that's other, fine other than just simple like yeah he probably was thinking with a dick um <laughs> but the other but the one thing that you are touching on is that this is reminds me of saw three in a little bit because 
just much like Jeff's game in Saw 3, like his game in Saw 6, especially the, the merry-go-round trap itself, is a pretty wonderfully, I would say, thematically relevant emulation of his daytime job. And of course, when he does his job as a healthcare inspector and mm-hmm. he, you know, decides, oh, you, blah, He's blah, blah. got to spin the wheel. He, yeah, you know, and he has to hear the cases, whatever. What it was great is that this is sadistic bullshit, once again, by mm-hmm. Jake Saul and whatnot. And yet it's also, at least it's like, it's, it is kind of a ironic joke as far as like, oh, you didn't like to think of your job as this, even though that's exactly what your job yeah. is to an extent. Like, I like that aspect of it, where he's literally faced to do his job, and yet it's the first time he's actually probably admitting to himself that this is what he does on a day-to-day basis, just not with shotguns. You know it's one of my favorite parts of this film? The fact that it takes place in an abandoned zoo. <laughs> that is actually I guess pretty... who's the animals now, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's something that you wouldn't even necessarily pick up on, I don't think, if it wasn't for seeing the zoo right in the wall. Yeah, because at first you're like, why are there so many like 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 rooms with like windows over it? Like yeah, you know, you're yeah. just like, why you know, like why is there rooms that are closed off or whatever? And then it like it's like, oh, it's like not that I needed that mystery solved, but it's kind of like light bulb goes off. Oh, they're in an abandoned zoo. Can we can we get to in a character we have not uh, mentioned? We mentioned earlier, but Billy. we haven't mentioned. Yes, <laughs> um, the the best use of him in the entire series for <laughs> yes. me. Is when he comes flying down and hits the glass, hanging from a rope, and explains the rules from the game. With and his, his shiny red shoes. And his mouth is moving, and his eyes are moving, and then at the end of him explaining it, the rope starts pulling him back up out of the scene. <laughs> it's so ridiculous and amazing at the same time. I love that puppet. I love that He's su- puppet. He, he is, like, for me, the best part of oh, the entire Billy. series, I've got to say. <laughs> oh, Billy. Because it's so... It's so ludicrous, the I, idea no, of this, I... this puppet coming in and out and explaining rules of the game or giving announcements or whatever. And then you see him sometimes riding up on the tricycle. Well, He's know, involved in, in the uh, the first scene, I believe, in the uh, in the seventh film then, and it's crazy. Well, you know, a psychologist would say oh that uh, uh, John Kramer has not only created Jigsaw to protect himself from you know truly feeling the emotions of these traps, but he also created Billy so that way he could psychologically dis- Place his own uh, philosophy onto this inanimate object, and therefore he wouldn't have to live uh, with himself and the decisions he's made. I Thank guess. you for that in-depth analysis, audience. I'm, ju- I'm just like a, a thousand-yard stare into my microphone because that is the most cockamamie bullshit I've ever heard. You know, so this it, is a film podcast. Where I, I know people like myself should uh, feel free to sh- just dive into these films. Nick, shut the fuck up, Toussaint. Go ahead, Kenny. So Please. at this point, I'm sorry. Back me up, Kenny. Jigsaw has been dead for three movies now. Yeah, who, sure. who's running the show at this point? Like, okay, who? so for the for the most part, since I know Kenny, you since have, I slept through the Hoffman. end of the fifth one. Hoffman and... is running the games oh, in Jesus. the later films. I fucking and, can't stand that guy. Well, yeah. the, maybe you shouldn't watch. Oh, Six his and lips seven. are weird. God damn it. Um, although he gets his comeuppance later in the... He in does. The series. In fact, should we... Well, I guess we shouldn't move on yet, but that's kind of a good segue because... Yeah, we, we can, though. Okay, we finally get to see the bear trap get used because every time it's used in... That's kind of like a running joke in this series, but in all the first six films, the bear trap never works. Either Amanda gets out of right. it or at the end of the sixth film when Jill puts uh, Hoffman in it, he's able to like stop it before it truly rips uh, his head, whatever. But finally... 
Saw 7 gives Please us... Please tell me it's used on him. No. No, he uses it on Jill, Jill Tuck. Oh, Ooh. shit. Yeah, which is kind of a hilarious irony as far as, like, you know, it's, it's Jigsaw's creation, and it was used, you know, against his uh, his ex-wife, so I don't think that's... That didn't go exactly as he planned, I'm sure. Probably not. Um, so I, I kind of love that irony. Uh, but yeah, Saw 7, what a film. It opens with a... Uh, <laughs> what a film. It opens with a... The, what a the, film. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of firsts in this movie. Besides the uh, the bear trap working, there's also the uh, the first public trap where, in one of the worst traps of the entire franchise, <laughs> two frat boys get to decide, basically, <laughs> whether they're going to kill... Uh, each other, each other, or just kill this woman that slept with both of them because it's the ultimate slut shaming trap, I guess. Like, <laughs> wait, so this is the three D one. This is yes. the, yeah, saw three D one. The final trap. as the blood comes frying. Like, yeah. Oh my god. So and yeah, but the trap opens up with like two people, two frat boys on the end of each of a, like a table saw that goes back and forth depending on whether they'll push it. Like they can basically do like tug of war. They can push it so that the other person gets to whatever, or they can work together and push it in the middle and let the woman the girl who slept with both of them uh and let her fall on the middle of it i do like that the two like fucking bros are eventually we don't have to die for this fucking skank i know let her die it sounds bad but unfortunately like that's like exactly how it plays out well i mean it's like when when i see stupid videos like uh like on last week tonight with john oliver of harvard or princeton campuses with uh fraternity screaming no means yes yes mean anal like you know this is not big of a stretch as far Shut as... Shut up, Kenny. This is not that big of a stretch for how fucking horrible pieces of shit frat boys are, so... You, did, you didn't know about this, by the way? No. Yeah. Dude, like, universities like, like, oh, like frat dudes have, like, went around, like, screaming this at sororities. Yeah. It's, no, like, a hor- it's a horrible thing. Yeah. So that's why, like, that the beginning almost doesn't seem offensive because it doubles back on, unfortunately, being realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it should be. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it's one of the worst traps in the entire... And, of course, everybody's just watching and, like, it's, it's basically, like, I don't know if it thought it was like a meta commentary on the franchise of like the audience and the whatever because as much as they're like freaking out they're also just kind of like oh oh you know and like the reaction people like aren't people like a bunch of people taking pictures with their cell phones yeah Yeah. which is a commentary on today's society and reliance on technology you used to call me on your cell phone so this film (laughs) uh, for the most part uh, has a uh, character who is claiming to be a victim of uh, Jigsaw's previous games, even though he wasn't. So somehow Jigsaw knew about this and uh, went back and set up this grand game for him and the rest of his... Well, Hoffman uh, knew about it, right? Well, Hoffman knows about it, but Jigsaw also knows about it, too, because we see in a flashback, he goes uh, in a really bizarre outfit... Uh, to go get the book signed from this guy. <laughs> that's right. It absolutely makes no sense, and it's totally stupid. But you know, that's, that's the why. one thing. For as much as this franchise explains, you know, like they, I'm just saying, like they retcon this. They're like, oh well, he took beta blockers for the the bathroom scene. Yeah. You know, like just like for as much <laughs> for as much as this, you know, this franchise goes into depth. What's hilariously like kept like almost like shroud of secrecy is just what the like even though you only you get glimpses of it but it's just exactly what was the public like relationship with jigsaw killer because you only get to hear it through these characters like dr gordon saying oh he was on the news or you see the magazine cover but like it just makes no sense as far as like how big is this you know like uh is he as far as like notoriety wise and like shouldn't people be able to recognize him if people can fucking make up an entire book tour based on you know like, right 
Yeah, the the seventh film and the the whole storyline is just completely lunacy and it ridiculous. Is. It, it has only one redeeming factor that I put it ahead of five, which is the exact opposite of my complaint about five, which is whereas the main game just did not matter in five. I'm not saying the main game in this one matters, but I will say the whole having Dr. Lawrence Gordon come back and basically be explained that he was the true helper. Which was like the ultimate fan theory It was the ultimate fan theory, but for series. a good reason, because it's the only thing that ever made sense as far as how he surgically implanted a key behind somebody's eye. And like all these little things that were still left, like almost like as. Like, they filled in the major plot holes, but they're still, like, I just love that this film does and probably paid Gary Ewes enough to basically fill in all the other little minor plot holes and to say, oh, yeah, he had a surgeon helping him for the whole Which, time. also, when you talk about paying him enough, uh, that's, the like, one of the, the big things of this series is that he was very angry that he did not get the amount of money he thought he deserved from the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't he, deserve any money for that performance. Well, oh, no, but... <laughs> Uh, he thought he did, and yeah. he ended up because originally they were they were gonna try to bring him back like much earlier. Well, and he was like suing the yeah. the production company. Uh, he was saying, you know, how much he hated that they had drug him through this or whatever, and then he comes back for the seventh film. But yeah, yeah they wanted to bring him back even earlier, and uh, I mean, I, I personally think that it obviously worked out to their benefit that they yes. waited to bring him back, yeah. and that that reveal at the end of the seventh, uh, the end of the seventh film, is actually probably the only way they could have ended the series and the best way to end the final four films. Exactly. Right? Like it's a bad movie, but it's also like it's they at least gave us the ending that like I basically we've all been waiting for, so to speak, because that's the only way like I don't know as far as like there's no other twist that would have topped it, so to speak. Because not because this is so mind blowing, because this is the only thing left like stone wise unturned that if they would have went down any other road it just would have been ridiculous. Well and too that if and I know that it really is not like, you know, you're rooting for characters or not liking characters or whatever. But but when you get the the the, the feeling that Hoffman gets trapped and murdered in the uh, in the you know, the original scene then, and mm-hmm. Doctor Gordon leaves him in there, and it's just a a really nice bring back to the first film, ob- yes. obviously, which a is what they're going for. Yeah. yeah, but it was just a nice ending to the series. It's just unfortunate that the rest of the film had to be there involved <laughs> yeah. with getting to this. <laughs> Can we scrape the rest of yeah. this off in the trash? And we just keep this little bit for <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> And weren't you saying earlier that, like, those two frat boys, like, they're also were supposed to be, like... Yeah, there like, was some deep, accomplices like, or deep, something the, 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 with, with well, Dr. Cause, Gordon. Because Dr. Gordon, because there's three people at the end who beat up Hoffman and, and get him, uh, and it's supposed to be Dr. Gordon and the two guys from the beginning, even though we never find that out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was like a deleted subplot, but yeah. like I think they filmed it; they just never used it or something like Which that. Which is weird. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know the other thing about this movie, and like the reason why I hate it more than everything except for five, is that <laughs> it's also like it's the biggest wasted opportunity because besides the fact that it's a final film, so there's more. Important... And the fucking guy from Boondock Saints is in here. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I wasn't speaking of that. I was speaking of, but the general plot of like a support group for Jigsaw survivors and bringing back, you know, minor characters from old films like that, that would have been like a, a valuable uh, use of like a final installment to at least culminate in like, you know, because of, of for a franchise that literally got off on callbacks and whatnot to, you know, have that kind of plot line, but completely squander any, uh, any interesting thing about it was just very, very disappointing. You know what my favorite part of this movie is? What? It's not even the movie itself. It's the poster for a movie. Because it shows, like, Jigsaw being built, and it almost makes him look like a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because they're supposed to be building a statue of yeah. him. Yeah, because there was this. There was. Um, oh. <laughs> I would love it if like the end of it was like that. That one scene from The Simpsons where Jigsaw went back to his home planet. <sighs> <laughs> I think you're missing what they were going for here. Whatever. But, um, I, I know when you, we were talking about just pure promotional material, they got into a lot of like things about him being sort of like worshipped in that with the promotional material and all that. I feel like never really comes through in, in the movies, which yeah. makes it really bizarre that that's what they went through with the promotional material. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's, it's it's a bad film on so many different <laughs> it, fronts. It's a bad movie. The, 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 yeah, like like we said, the only redeeming quality of it is just the way it ties into the past films uh, with regards to Dr. Gordon. But the, that's the thing is that those scenes, like they had nothing to do with this movie. You could have put that in the sixth movie. You could have put that in the fifth film. Right. So that's why it feels even worse because they're just so tacked on. Yeah, well, and, and really is, is we're kind of bringing this uh, discussion of all the seven movies to a close – what we mentioned earlier about of why did four through seven get made and it was just purely for money. And right. that's, that's a bigger discussion about uh, the, the film industry in general of when, especially the horror genre, when you find something that sticks, you're going to keep churning out movie after movie. And I mean, we talked about it with the scream series that it's not like that. There are entries that are better than others for sure in that series. But at the same time, the reason why three through two through four got made in that series is because of they kept on selling financial what they kept on selling right the financial aspect why there were a sequel to any horror film but well, I will admit at least with those I mean there were quite a few years in, in between quite a few of them like three and four uh, so at least it seemed like he, he always came back because he wanted to do another we're here one. this was purely financial <laughs> this was like oh you're gonna write another one oh, I don't know if I, no you're gonna write another one uh, okay uh, can we you know what I'm gonna leave that's fine we'll hire somebody else I'm gonna like, need another wheelbarrow of money okay so really really quickly to, yeah. to, to bring this to a close um what what before we get to sort of very final thoughts and, and really quick favorites of you guys, what do you guys feel about an, another Saw film happening? Are you like dead set completely against it? Or... Fuck that. Okay. That's my that's my thoughts. All right. Dictated, not read. Okay. Uh, uh, I was actually just thinking about this. Like I was going to ask you guys, you think um, you think the franchise has enough pull to where it would at least make money? Oh, it will if it does it at the right... It's all about timing, in my opinion. So, like, if they wait long enough, like, they wait five years since the last one or something, then they can kind of market that, like, the return of... Salt. You know what I mean? Like, because that's the only reason why people even showed up for the final one. And is, you're probably only going to make it for $10 million. Right. Abandon so, this continuity if you're going to do it. Basically, there's a way to market this where I think there's definitely going to be a pull for it because people will show up, not a lot. But um, I will say I'm interested in seeing another one just because I'm almost like, I, it's like, it's like I want, you have this morose fascination. For yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's like when you're in the school, you know, schoolyard, a playground and you dare a kid to do something really stupid. Like I just like, I dare them to make another one because that's where some of their worst, but yet most fascinating ideas have come from. Like, just like being forced to make another movie. So I would love, and I believe originally what they were going to do, what they were going to do a whole new like uh saga basically and okay. like they were going to not do jigsaw they were going to do something that's similar but like they're going to have somebody else do it and mm-hmm. like not be tied into this universe i do know now that the rumored should it ever come to fruition uh eighth installment will be an eighth installment and it will be about dr gordon doing it no. and all. um yeah. and 
my only thing about that is I, I I almost want them to do it because I really want to see like if they would do even more callbacks to the previous seven. Like I just want to see this film get so far up its own ass <laughs> that every time it sneezes, it farts. Like I just, <laughs> I just I would I would love to see it. I'd love to see another film that like three fourths of it is made out of archival footage from other films. Yeah. I, That's I've, the other thing. I've got to say that I I feel like I hope there isn't another film. That being said, if it comes out, I'll go to the theater and see it. it the, the thing is this. Like, what what would it ruin by doing it? Not it, like wouldn't, I, it wouldn't ruin anything. I just don't want there to be another one. No, no, no. Because but that's I, what I, mean, I, just like, don't, I don't want to have to go see another one. What, yeah. That's what I mean, though, as far as, like, that's why I don't mind if there is another one. Because, like, I don't think of the Saw movie, the, like, art or no, they're not. whatever. So it's like, it's not like if they release another one, I'd be like, no, they ruined the whole franchise. There goes my respect for number five. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not going to, like, do anything to, like, dampen my enjoyment of the you know the ones I enjoy and it's gonna fit right in with all the shit if it's bad so like it's uh, that's why this is true but I I, I guess I just personally don't don't want to have to go through another one but I'll, I'll go see it do it yeah make, I'll go see it if Billy the Puppet isn't in it that's a huge fucking problem yeah, I'm just I mean I've got it. two of them that I haven't seen and I it's been how long now six yeah. years yeah. five years so yeah. you can you can uh, go the rest of your life without seeing them. Probably, uh, yeah. I just remember going to see with my wife. Uh, we had, we were still just recently, not recently, but we, had, we were still dating at the time when we went and saw the uh, the seventh film together. And just the bizarreness of seeing that in a almost empty theater, and the only other people were a family of two people and four very small children, and how Jesus uncomfortable Christ, that dude. was. Like when I say, like all the children were under the age of five. Like that's like what the fuck is their problem? I don't know, man. There's a lot of fucking weird people out God, there. God, they suck. Bad people. So finishing up uh, our talk about the Saw series, does anybody have anything that they absolutely like did not get you off their chest that they yes. loved about the series that they want to say really quickly before we uh, call a yes. call quits to this? Not so much something that I love, but something that I just want to end off on and just get out of the that way. That wasn't okay? the question. Sure, sorry, so. whatever. Okay, guys, Dick. This entire series like suffers from something that I like to call the cocking gun effect in that it every single subsequent movie tries to like circle back and fill in every single crack and crevice with some explanation. I don't need everything to be explicated, okay? Some things I don't need to fucking know. I don't need to fucking know how he set up that trap. It's kind of cool, but did I need to know it? No. But on a positive note, something that I think that does need to be be mentioned is that Charlie Closer made one of the best like horror themes in in recent memory with Hello Zep. I think there's a reason why it kept on being used, yeah. even though it got really fucking tired by the fifth one, and I couldn't stand it by the seventh. But it's still, in my mind, one of the best horror theme songs. I personally put it right up there with like the Halloween. Song. Yeah, it oh, is yeah. for sure. It's literally my favorite reoccurring character in the entire franchise. It's inseparable <laughs> from the it, identity of this. Of it this doesn't franchise. matter how shitty the film is. At least for like a minute, I can. Like be fooled into thinking that what I'm watching is greatness because of that. There's that old familiar. That. Yeah, so I'm I'm on board with that for sure. I also want to make really quick mention because I don't think I personally have said this out loud. I think you guys have whatever. But as much as I rag on the acting throughout the entire franchise, I think the only reason why these films work is because Tobin Bell is actually doing a pretty good job. Like not so much that it, like I'm blown away by it or whatever, but like I think he does elevate his material, which is like. Like to a point where it's like it it it's bullshit, but I can I believe that this old cancer ridden man completely believes in this bullshit, and uh, it's just one of those little things where it's like it doesn't matter how bad the acting gets, whereas like 
like it's it's his presence that I feel in all seven movies that kept people like coming back. I think. I think it's oh, kind of uh, interesting too that I know that Tobin Bell, not that he didn't want to be involved with these films necessarily, but that he almost was like just capes coming back just because they keep paying him. But I feel like where other people, you know, they're they're doing this because this is really the only job they can get. Like, Costas Mandalore wasn't get people knocking on his doors what? to get him to, yeah, to be in anything. Where Tobin Bell, I feel like, that he he, he does a ser- did this series because you know, he, he kept getting asked to come back, but he wasn't coming back because he had to. He came back because he, he wanted to do this and he wanted to play the character, and I feel like that's what sets him apart from everybody else, that pretty much everyone else who's in this series is really there just because they needed somebody where yeah. Tobin Bell is there because he wanted to be there and he right. wanted to be uh, involved in this and wanted to, to get that, that, that paycheck right. at the same time, but also because he, he actually is like legitimately like we have, we had so many people show up who are just like, Holy shit, what are they doing there? Like the asshole singer from Lincoln park, who's involved in the final <laughs> film, which is like, yeah, why is that. he here? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's what, that's what's crazy about Tobin Bell and his presence as like, obviously one of the greatest horror icons in the, in the history of cinema, I think, as far as like everybody knows him and whatnot, is that the first film he's not in it really. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like he's not the jigsaw we know. So I think that's the only real reason why people kept showing up movie after movie is because of his performance in all the subsequent movies. No matter how little he was in it or how much he was in it, like he made a legacy out of this villain that was in the very first film, film like barely there. Like, and I just think that's actually kind of a pretty good job on his part. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, the thing that I'll just want to close on talking about the Saw series is that I feel like I really do enjoy the first two films especially. And even though I like the third film and the sixth film a lot too, I feel like the first two films are, are really what makes me come back to the series and even want to put time in watching any of them. Like if those films weren't there, obviously there wouldn't be the rest of them. But at the same time, for me, I, I'll watch the other films if I'm, I'm watching the first two just because I want to keep watching them. But but it's those that I'll come back to because I actually think they're legitimately entertaining horror films that I, I really do enjoy and I feel like bring something somewhat different to the genre that is so, um, you know, it, it's always looking for something that's somewhat unique. And I feel like the first two films do that and they also bring great twists to the ending of the films, which... Obviously, when you you come back to them, they're not as good, obviously, because you you know what's happening. But when I saw them for the first time, just being almost marveled in how these films ended, uh, it was great. And yeah, I've got to say it, Billy the Puppet Man, guy's a badass. Oh, Billy. Kenny, you want got anything uh, left left to to bring about the Saw Um, series? Yeah, I mean, despite sounding like I don't give a shit about this franchise, (laughs) I genuinely love the first three. I really do. I love everything about them. And and now that I've spent the last two months watching nothing but horror movies, I'll probably, after Halloween at some point, I'll probably get around to six and seven. Just having this. <laughs> after Halloween. Right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get around to them. I, I know it's something I've not done yet, but especially now that we're having this conversation, I, now I almost need to see them just to see if they're as truly bad as I'm hoping they're not. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I love the first three. Love the theme song, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Really, yeah. that's, that's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. 
So that's all we have for episode 37, though. But uh, actually, going away from horror is uh, we're getting into November now and getting more. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Kenny's uh, Kenny's upset. He, he loves Ba-ba-da. horror films. And, yeah, <laughs> loves horror films, loves October. Uh, November and December, not, not all of them are going to be, as we're going to have a, a lot of other things that aren't necessarily Oscar and uh, that kind of contender kind of thing. But getting into some of these films, I think we're going to talk about uh, one of those next week, and we'll see what happens. But uh, the film Steve Jobs, about uh, the Apple creator and and other uh, characters as well, uh, which stars Michael Fassbender uh, and is directed by uh, Oscar winner Danny Boyle and is written by uh, Aaron Sorkin, who's written a lot of uh, very strong stuff, both on TV and in film, too. Uh, That uh, has come out, and uh, we're going to talk about that in episode 38. And it'll be interesting to see... Uh, what our feelings are on that. Also, um, I just want to point out that I think next week we should have our not-so-weekly or even monthly installment of uh, Listener Mailbag because we've gotten a few even. Oh, okay. uh, Finally. So, yeah, and they're starting to pile up, so now we should probably... Listener Mailbag it is. So, uh, and if you... Got a few top six revenge lists. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. Cool. I'm very interested to hear those. And also, too... If you have any thoughts on the the Saw series and anything that we didn't that, already say, that we didn't say, or that you agree or disagree with us, please send those in. As we we'd love to hear those, and also if you have feelings on Steve Jobs, always send those along to filmtankshow at gmail dot com. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show, and you can find us always at our website, Film Tank Show. Dot com and on iTunes and Stitcher. So from Nick Cheney to San Egan, a welcome back to Kenny Marcellus. Hopefully we'll uh, hear from him again sometime in the near future. And myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We will catch up with you next time. Thank you.